Hey, Rachel, did you... Uh, whoa, uh, hey, guys, what's up? Hey, Miles. Oh, just... What's here. up? Hi. Uh, aren't we supposed to be recording today? Well, yeah, that's why they're here. It's the summer special. The summer special. You know how we've been talking about getting Logan Bonner down from Seattle to run us through a tabletop adventure? Yeah, I took the old Marvel role-playing game and adapted it to the animated series of the X-Men. Okay, uh, the old TSR one, you mean? Well, it's the not-as-old TSR one that was designed by Mike Selinker in the late 90s, and it uses cards for all the gameplay. Okay, cool. Uh, well, who's everyone playing? Well, uh, we've got Mikey, and he's going to be Storm. I shall meet you at the monorail! Tina's Wolverine. Got a problem with that, bub? What about you? Well, see, I thought it would be cool to let the listeners vote on who you and I were going to play. Hey, that seems nice. Who'd we end up with? I was really hoping for Beast, but apparently our audience has come to associate me fairly closely with Cyclops. Oh, man. Animated Cyclops? I know, right? I'm not just boring. I'm, like, weaponized boring. <laughs> huh. Who did I end up with? I mean, I would have guessed Wolverine, but I guess Tina's got that sewn up. Is this the part where you tell me to stay away from your character, lover boy? No, Miles, you are playing Rogue. What?! I'm Rachel Edden. And I'm Miles Stokes. And we are here to explain the X-Men. Because it's about time someone did. Welcome to the 62nd episode of Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men, where we walk you through the ins, outs, and retcons of our favorite superhero soap opera. So, like Rachel said, this is our second ever giant size special. We had our winter special last time. This is our summer special, and it's completely different from the last one. That's true. Last time, we basically did a super long standard episode. We went through um, the classic Marvel graphic novel, God Loves, Man Kills. Today, we are shaking it up. As we mentioned in the cold open, uh, game designer and writer Logan Bonner is down from Seattle, and he is running us and some of our friends through an X-Men animated adventure. That means uh, not only are we going to get the, shall we say, distilled personalities of the characters as seen in the animated series. He's been talking in the Rogue voice all weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's part two. Uh, you guys voted for me for Rogue, so you have brought this upon yourselves. I offer no apologies. Okay, so let's quickly, before we jump in, um, do a quick roundtable and introduce everyone who is here with us today. This is, I think, tied for our largest ever lineup in an episode. Yes, it is. So let's start with our illustrious storyteller, Logan Bonner. Hi, I'm Logan. I'm a Pathfinder designer working at Paizo Publishing. I've worked on a bunch of other games, including the most recent Marvel role-playing game, Marvel Heroic Role-Playing. Um, that was the Margaret Weiss one? That's correct. I worked on the Civil War book and uh, some of the initiative supplement for that. Did you work on the one that was all about complex, like, arrangements of stones? I did not, sadly. I have all those books. <laughs> Somebody all right, has so I guess to. we know what our winter special is going to be. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so that brings, not us, it. <laughs> that brings us to Mikey Nielsen. Mikey. Hi. Uh, yeah, I'm the co-host of Chronicles of the Nerds and the programming director for the Rose City Comic Con. And finally, um, you get a voice to a name that you've probably heard or read come up on the blog and in the Twitter. And this is um, Rachel and Miles explain the X-Men's own administratrix, Tina Abate, who is, I think, ties with Miles and me for we have been gaming together for a really long time. We all went to junior high and high school together. It's true. I met Rachel in sixth grade and I do administration on the blog now. And I also run a She-Hulk blog on Tumblr, which is Jennifer Walters ESQ. <laughs> and that is recaps, but it's also analysis of the legal practice in it, right? Right. Like myself, Jennifer is an attorney. And so I look at the comic from that perspective. All right. So I guess it's time to dive in because this is going to be a long session. Uh, does everyone have their pouches and, and cards and character sheets? Oh, man, I have so many pouches. I also have so many belts crisscrossed over myself and a shock of white hair that changes position uh, severely depending on who's drawing me. 
I have the same haircut I do in real life, which is kind of reassuring. <laughs> but you don't have the same kind of 90s facial buttresses, unfortunately. Miles, no one can actually pull those off. I don't really know what's going on with my uniform, but I know it makes me walk weird. <laughs> <laughs> I yell at this guy constantly. <laughs> Whether anyone's around or not. Yeah. Yeah, and I should say we, we are, you can't see us, but we are all sort of making half-assed attempts to, to be in character. So I've, I've got red sunglasses. Uh, Miles has went and dug up a green shirt that he has had for what, like 20 years now? Something like that, yeah. Um, <laughs> I put no effort into my appearance. Yeah, but you're hovering about three feet above the that table. Is, that is true. <laughs> and, and Tina has the most amazing knit Wolverine mask going on, which... Mm-hmm. It was just yeah. Mikey's. Yeah, I had a, a knit and stocking cap Wolverine mask that I've yet to actually wear because we haven't had appropriate weather for it. <laughs> you know, I, I would just wear it anyway. Yeah. What What is the appropriate weather for a Wolverine mask? Like the brood invasion? Well, I mean, <laughs> somebody tries to invade my home period. That would be it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the other guest at the table is uh, one that is not normally here, which is alcohol. So again, we make no apologies. Yeah, if we're going to be goes. playing this for four hours, we are definitely doing it with beer. <laughs> yes. Um, so which yeah. we can now never mention again. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. BSNP. So Logan, speaking of, I guess we'll turn it over to you. So as you know, the X-Men cartoon went five seasons of varying quality, uh, kind of a severe downturn toward the end. So we're going to be picking up with episode six, one of the following season. So we're picking up in the same place. However, broadcast standards and practices will be in place. So you can't say the K word. People need to be destroyed. Nothing more severe than that. You're not really going to be stabbing a lot of people with your claws because the kids, you know, you don't want to corrupt the poor youngsters. You can still stab robots, right? Yes. Robots are your best friends for stabbing. Mm. (laughs) To get us started, could I get a previously on the X-Men? Yes. This is the only good part of playing Cyclops. Previously on X-Men. Professor Xavier is dying. No. I, Magneto, will help you. We must get a message to Lalandra of the Shi'ar via magnetism. <laughs> we will take him with us to space. He will heal there. I will communicate telepathically with you, X-Men. We will stay in touch. I'm back. I'm morph. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so so at this point, I totally see those episodes. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like you also just recapped uh, most of the important stuff from like the second half of the animated series. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's where we're going to pick up. Your mentor uh, and father figure, Professor Xavier, is out in space. Uh, you're on better terms with Magneto, but he's headed off to do Magneto things. Morph is back in the mansion. Um, and right now, uh, you're kind of back to what passes for normal for the X-Men. So you're at the mansion and you're just kind of socializing for a little bit. So you're relaxing, sitting around in your pajama pants and that kind of thing. When there's a flashing light that indicates that something is happening that might need the X-Men's attention. X-Men, we have an alert. I am going to break off from what I have been doing, which is pacing and internally agonizing about the responsibilities of leadership <laughs> to run over to. Do we, do we have a portable functional cerebro unit? Uh, no, or but you do have, have an you, alarm this, this looks like a big monitor kind of thing. You have a, a, a monitor that's patched in in, right. in the living room. Jubilee, check the monitors. I'll, of course, be taking away from uh, creating my little storm clouds over all of my plants in my attic to uh, rush down to the war room as well. I will stick to my claws just in case. <laughs> and, and we should note that Storm needs to be fully clothed in this scene. Yes. Uh, it, well, plants. in the show in general, yes. she was fully clothed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have the budget cut ponytail or not? Uh, well, if we're season six, then I think I still have the ponytail unless we have have a renewed budget. It's a little better. It's a little better. But you might want to save that hair for later. It's in a bun. <laughs> uh, 
So in response to uh, Cyclops' command, Jubilee says, Aw, man, they always make me do the grunt work. And she walks over and switches on the TV. And you see uh, a scene of the unstoppable juggernaut. He is in Sydney, Australia, and he is punching through the walls of the opera house and crashing through them and kind of running around and causing havoc. Well, that boy sure knows how to have a good time. Goddess. <laughs> uh, so and then we cut to the aircraft hangar where Beast is preparing the Blackbird for takeoff. Uh, he doesn't have any lines because we couldn't afford to pay the voice actor this time <laughs> around. But the Blackbird is ready for you. All right. I will pilot. Uh, we'd better hurry. Those walls will only stand for so long. I'll fly on alongside just in case. All right. So the Blackbird takes off and Rogue starts flying alongside. And then we zoom in on the undercarriage of the Blackbird where there's a flashing red light. And then we hit our first commercial break. (laughs) We return from the commercial break. uh, And the plane is nearing the continent of Australia. And the screen says Australia at the bottom. Uh, And then the Blackbird begins to kind of shudder. Cyclops, you're handling the controls and sparks begin to fly out and the entire plane feels like it's shaking apart and you know that it's it's going to go down and uh, keeping it flying will be incredibly difficult. We might crash. Does everyone have their seatbelts fastened? I have like six belts along my various chest and midsection regions. You can't say chest, I don't think. <laughs> Torso. <laughs> Excellent. I, I'm, I want to use my uh, wind-controlling powers to help try to level the plane. Okay. So at this point, we're going to have our first attempt at making something work out for you guys using the cards. So everybody, uh, you've got your hand size list on your character sheet, so go ahead and draw up to that many cards. And looking at your cards is going to kind of give you an idea of how your day's going. If you have a bunch of low cards, it's not so hot. If you've got a bunch of high cards, hey, you know, you're in luck. Oh, man, Rogue's having a rough time, and she can never touch another human being. This is not a good day for her. Uh, so for Storm, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to look at your weather control. Should, be, your, your should I air. be technically doing... Well, they're both the same number, so air control and weather control. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so I have a 13 for that. Okay. And um, so I, right now I'm, I'm picking a difficulty for you. Okay. Uh, and so you are going to start out with your number of 13, and then you're going to play a card to add to that number. Uh, and remember that if you have some, some smaller number cards, you've got your edge statistic, and if you can continue to play extra cards if you play a card of that value or lower. Okay. Um, well, hopefully this won't be too hard. So I will be using my blue five, and that means I can draw another card, right? That's right, because your color matched the color of the ability you were using. You get to draw another card from the deck. All right, to that. So 11 plus my 13 is going to be uh, 24. So. All right. Uh, so you got a 24. So you managed to help the... Help the Blackbird stabilize a little bit. You can't, you're not going to be able to keep it together or get like a, a nice landing, but you're probably going to be able to cushion the landing. So it's not. Let too me make violent. sure I properly uh, explain this. Winds! Grab hold of this plane and lend us to safety! All right. Um, so I've got piloting as a skill. Can I use that to get us the rest of the way down or at least um, a controlled crash landing? Yes. So actually, right now, as you're studying it, um, you're heading toward the series of canyons uh, and mm-hmm. you're getting kind of close to the wall. The storm managed to make it so you didn't just crash straight into the side of one. But now you need to pilot through these dangerous canyons. OK, I am going to use piloting. I will play. Um, this is a, a seven, but it's a red card, which is goes with the skill, I think. Yeah, that's red. So I get to draw another one, right? That's right. All right. And I just play that immediately. And this is four. Ooh, this is not great. This is totaling 11. Okay. But it is a skill. All right. So. so so the skill lowers the difficulty a little bit. Unfortunately, it's still not quite enough. Uh, okay. So you you smack into a spire 
uh, with one side of the plane and a, a big chunk of the wing comes flying off. All right. I think I'm going to go ahead and fly right up to that and basically grab hold of the wing stump and uh, begin help. Uh, I'll, I'll try to help steady the blackbird. Don't worry, sugar. I got this. <laughs> okay. So you grab Watch it. Watch out, and- rogue. There are rock formations everywhere. Uh, so, so you grab it and you notice that some of the panels are starting to tear loose. So you're kind of trying to clamp all that stuff in place. Uh, so you need to make a, a strength check. All right. Let's go ahead. And, uh, my strength is 16 and my, my edge being two, I'm going to go ahead and throw in, uh, this black two card right here and this red one card right here for a total of uh, 19. Okay, and then do you want to play another one? Because you've played two that are under your edge, but you can also still play another card. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, let's go ahead and also play this uh, blue four right here. All right. Uh, So what's your total right now? You have a 16 strength to start with, and you've added seven to that. So there we go. So you're at 23. And so you're trying to hold all these panels together, um, and you're putting forth this heroic effort, but it's not quite enough. And several of the panels go flying off, and... uh, uh, some of them hit you in the face. Ah! <laughs> Bro, right, so you kind of, be careful. So you kind of start cartwheeling through the air. Uh, you're managing to stay flying, but the, the blackbird is kind of shuddering and, and skewing back and forth. All right, so Rogue is falling backwards away from the blackbird. Cyclops is, is trying to keep it steady, and there's a, a warning light going off to indicate that the engines are in serious trouble and they might explode. I am going to put the plane on autopilot and see if I can get to them. Okay. Uh, all right. So actually, you, well, I, I'll actually take control. Do I have? Oh wait, do I have piloting ability? Well, I, you're outside, though, aren't you? No, I wasn't oh, okay. outside. Okay, you're in the plane. Yeah, um, storm, I'll, take I'll, the controls. Okay. Yeah, I'll take the controls. Right. And you think now that you're out of the canyons, you can probably maintain it, okay? Mm-hmm. But pretty soon you're going to have to come in for a landing, and that's going to be tricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cyclops, you're going to take a take a shot at fixing the engines. I'm going to take a look at the state of the engines. If they're not fixable, I am going to see if there are sufficient holes in the hull for me to use my optic blasts to soften our landing. Okay, uh, so the the real danger is the engines just straight up exploding. You know they're going to be damaged enough that you're not going to be able to take off again. Um, but right now, the you could lose a lot of parts and have some really severe damage to the Blackbird if they explode. Okay, um, I would I would like to do what I can to triage them. I'm going to see if I can get Wolverine to help me since he's not currently occupied with holding the plane together. Okay, what what, what do you say to Wolverine? The engines are flying apart. Quick, Wolverine, over here. Okay, I will go over and help Cyclops. Um, I don't have a lot of mechanical skills. I do have marksmanship. Can I marksmanly isolate what's wrong with the engines? <laughs> yeah. Does this fall under piloting or is it a separate separate skill set? Uh, it's a separate skill set. It's okay. going to be an intellect okay. check. So if you had some so, type of like mechanical engineering or something. This is important. So I'm going to play, um, let's see, got six intellect. So I will add three cards totaling 18 total, but I get to draw another one because I played it blue which adds it to, let's see, 26. All right. So you managed to keep the engines from exploding. So you kind of poke at the computer and with exactly two hand motions until the screen turns back from, you know, super terrible, awful danger zone to pretty darn bad danger zone. All right. And now the plane is nearing the sands mm-hmm. and... Storm, you're going to need to try to land it successfully. I'm definitely going to try to land it. I also want to try to perfectly time an air current to help soften as we, you know, to help actually guide okay. in for the landing. Yeah, I'd right. like to use optic blasts to cushion the descent. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. If uh, possible. So rather than have you make checks for your powers there, I'm just going to lower the difficulty and then have you make the piloting check. I'm just going to take that part as red. Okay. Well, I'm going to use this, which is a six. So um, all together, we're looking at a 13. All right. And I'm lowering the, lowering the difficulty for everything else. Uh, so it's a pretty rough landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you come down and off comes the other wing. Uh, fortunately, everyone's wearing their seat belts, so mm-hmm. nobody is severely injured. Um, but the Blackbird is going to be seriously difficult to fix at this point. Have I managed to make my way back to the Blackbird, or am I still spiraling off in the other direction? Um, yeah, once everybody's out and kind of walking out onto the sands, you kind of fly down from above and, and land. Seems like your landing was about as good as mine. <laughs> Shake my head at Cyclops and say, nice flying ace. It's Cyclops when we're on the clock, Wolverine. <laughs> Is everyone okay? Well, I'm all right. I think my jacket's seen better days, although strangely, my bodysuit's completely untouched. (laughs) The plane's in bad shape. We're going to have to do some serious repairs before we can make it back to New York. That's correct, Cyclops. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, narrator. (laughs) Yeah, so you know that you're you're basically in the middle of nowhere. Uh, You don't see anything nearby. Do I Uh, smell anything? You do. You can smell um, that there's a town that's not too terribly far away. You can smell uh, like barbecue cooking. And that I smell vaguely of sandalwood. (laughs) Yes. I was wondering what smelled like sandalwood. (laughs) Then the scene cuts to a kind of dark metal paneled room. And we see the shadowy outline of somebody who looks human but clearly has some cybernetic enhancements. Uh, And they're watching a screen that has the X-Men on it. And talking to someone who we can't see, he says, Aye, we took down the X-Men. The Blackbird has been disabled and they're stranded. And then another man steps out of the shadows. And he also has cybernetic parts. And he's wearing a black mask with a red skull pattern on the face. And he says, It's time to take the fight to these X-Men and to destroy them. And back near the crash site, Rogue shakes her head. I feel like some kind of a southern dog just walked over my southern grave. <laughs> I smell a town over that way. Maybe we should uh, head on over and find some roadside assistance. I'll have to... I'm sorry, just... <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a compass or anything that can indicate where we are relative to Sydney, at least directionally? Or possibly uh, if I, I can have use my weather powers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I have survival as well. Oh, well, and tracking. Yeah. You know you're pretty darn far from Sydney. You're pretty much out in the outback. Uh, and Sydney is... Not really a walkable distance. Uh, however, the nav computer in the Blackbird is still functioning. And you can kind of get a, a little bit of a map. There's not much out here, but it does pinpoint the town that Wolverine smelled. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also an old TV station out in the... Are wilderness. we dealing with like kind of hot su- uh, desert weather? Yes. I'm going to do my best to make it more of a, a, a comfortable climate for us okay. since we're going to be traveling. So uh, hopefully something uh, around the 70 and uh, with a slight breeze to keep us refreshed as we as we make our way. Okay. Thanks, Storm. He was hotter than a sinner in the afterlife. Wow. <laughs> I was saving that one. Gosh, Rogue, I think a Southern Belle like you would be used to this weather. Oh, you never fully get used to it, Cyclops. Just like you never fully get used to never being able to touch another human being. It's okay, Rogue. Professor X, his goal is to help us, and we will find a way to help you. But with Professor X in space, it's all I can do to keep the team from falling apart. How will we survive in the Australian outback? By being together. We're a team, Cyclops. We're a family. 
Wolverine, do you have any uh, thoughts on that topic? <laughs> Team insights. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm afraid not. I'm, I'm, I'm more of an action guy. Uh, are, are you even with them as they're talking about this, or have you already started wandering off I'm, in another I'm, I'm direction? I'm walking towards the, uh, towards the town, and also there's plenty of carnivorous animals since we're in Australia, so I'm going to try to find some to empathize with. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Wolverine, right. we've got to stick together. It looks like Wolverine then is not should... sticking together. Right. Then you better catch up. <laughs> All right, I guess we're going to head off after him. All right, so you're walking off after Wolverine. Everybody's following along. And uh, there's, you know, a scene where you're all walking in single file across a scrolling backdrop of the desert that kind of tends to look the same uh, repeatedly. Oh, actually, before leaving with him, can I can I retroactively? Yeah. Is there any functioning communications equipment in the plane? Um, not really. You have the communicators to communicate with each other. Right. But not really to anybody else. Okay. Um, hopefully, Gene will scan for us on Cerebro and figure out that we've crashed. Otherwise, our only hope is to get to civilization. We cut to Jean and she's asleep. She's fainted in the danger room. You were holding your hands up that you're going to say she's practicing her ukulele. (laughs) (laughs) That's beast. (laughs) All right. So you're wandering through through the uh, outback. You start to hear this this weird kind of chittering noise. Uh, What does it smell like? It it smells like (laughs) it smells like some type of marsupial animal. Guys, fall back. I smell something. Hmm. Sounds like the Cajun when he's trying to flirt. Incomprehensible. <laughs> I take to the skies. Okay. Yeah, I do as well. I scan the horizon. Mm-hmm. All right. So you two take to the skies. Uh, Cyclops begins scanning the horizon uh, while a whole bunch of kangaroos come up out of nowhere and begin to attack. <laughs> <laughs> I use my intimidation skill to make myself look big. <laughs> Bigger than 5'3". Exactly. Winds create a force to repel these kangaroos. Careful. <laughs> kangaroos aren't ordinarily violent. I wonder if there's something controlling them. Back up, A kangaroo Jack. tries to kick Cyclops in the face as he's saying that. <laughs> kangaroos cannot walk backwards, so I move behind them. Okay. We're, we're actually going to is enter... Is that true? That is a true kangaroo fact. Huh. <laughs> Unfortunately, said before, this is an educational podcast right here. This right here. Unfortunately, no one was there to educate the animators, so those <laughs> kangaroos have no trouble walking backwards and are normally violent. Uh, so we're actually going to enter the realm of combat now. Uh, so I'm going to get combat started. Uh, Quick I'm, standards and broadcast question. Sure. Can, uh, can kangaroos be killed no (laughs) absolutely not. no you can wrestle the kangaroo if it's a robot if it's a robot you can stab it they don't smell like robot kangaroo you've fought robot kangaroo before and they do not smell the same Uh, can you smell mind control because they might be being mind controlled kangaroos aren't ordinarily violent and they don't ordinarily move in packs i don't think well can i can i empathize enough to know if it's mind control or not um you think they're just particularly rowdy kangaroo i've seen this before Rowdy kangaroo. All right, so I'm flipping one card to begin the the combat here. Your opposition is four, which is not particularly dangerous, uh, but that's what you're going to be fighting against for the kangaroo. And now I need to figure out what everybody's actions are going to be. All right. uh, How many kangaroo are we looking at? You are looking at a group of three kangaroo. How clustered are they? Uh, They're kind of surrounding the the two of you who are on the ground. Hmm. Uh, so I'm going to try to swoop down and uh, knock a kangaroo into another kangaroo. All right. 
So, uh, you swoop down successfully, and now you're going to use strength to try to pummel one of the kangaroos into one of the other ones. All right. Uh, let's see. So, I'll uh, swoop down. Back off, sugar! And uh, dive into one of the kangaroos fist first, but not in a way that would do any actual, you know, like, puncturing punchy damage. Just a general gentle bludgeoning. Uh, and take my 16 strength, add on this 5 gambit card for a total of 21. All right. Uh, so... You smack into this kangaroo, and uh, you knock it into the other one, and they kind of both wipe out and uh, kind of flail around in the sand for a little bit, kicking up a big cloud of dust. I'm going to extend my adamantium claws, but not use them, and I'm going (laughs) to jump on the last remaining kangaroo and attempt to grapple it, keeping in mind that I have animal handling as a skill. (laughs) And, uh, I'll allow it. <laughs> so I have an eight strength, and so I'm playing uh, five, and it is green, so I can flip over another card for another five, which is also green. If you'd gotten another three, green, 21. I'm pretty sure you would have ended up with like a kangaroo mount for the rest of the session. <laughs> Did you say you got a 21? 21. Okay, uh, so you grapple the kangaroo, and you kind of twist it around, and you end up uh, tying it up with its own tail, and it's just kind of wrapped up in a little bundle. Uh, and it, it kind of uh, drops its ears and kind of looks at you resigned. And you can tell that uh, you are now the alpha it, kangaroo. You're the alpha <laughs> kangaroo. <laughs> All right, uh, so with, with Storm, most everything she does is mostly show. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to get the, the clouds rolling in and the lightning striking. And I'm going to, to yell, before you dealt with men, but now you deal with a goddess. And then I'm going to... Uh, we're going to have a note on that one, actually, that goddess might be too religiously... I'm, I'm sure she said goddess in the show, didn't she? Um, Maybe? Sometimes. sometimes? She generally, generally, it was in an appeal to, as you know. Okay. Goddess grant me strength or whatever. Sure, sure. Okay. I understand. Um, I, I would just say now you deal with Storm. Now you deal with Storm. That's Yes. Yes. Okay, that will be an appropriate replacement. And then I will be using my wind control to try to push the kangaroo back because I want to not hurt them. Of course. But I do want to protect my friends. Okay. Yeah. So the, the two kangaroo that got knocked down are kind of regaining their footing and you try to buffet them back with some wins. Yes. And uh, so 13 for my, my air control. Um, and I don't want to use any of my great cards yet. So I'm going to use uh, the six. So altogether 19 to, to okay. push them back. All right. So you push those kangaroo back. Uh, one of them kind of goes rolling around, kind of tumbling away and kind of uh, slides down a kind of dune, mm-hmm. uh, and the other one manages to hold on. So you 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 are able to get one of them, but not the other. Okay. And the other one starts bounding forward, um, and, and comes starts coming towards Cyclops. I would like to blast that kangaroo, but I would like to do it while making a sanctimonious comment about not upsetting the local ecosystem. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's an important part of the do you action. Have to, do you have to draw cards for uh, the comment or just the optic blast? <laughs> I think just the optic blast. Yeah, I, I think Rose is taking his red. I'm pretty sure that for a Cyclops, being sanctimonious is a free social action. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also stating the obvious, like I have, I have this, I've been going through um, episodes and I have this little notebook of role-playing notes because animated Cyclops is actually kind of a pain to play because he's really bland. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is... Really? State, yes. <laughs> animated Cyclops, yeah. But one of them is state the obvious whenever possible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I am, I am going to blast the kangaroo back. Right. I will use my optic blasts, blasts are 14. I will also use, um, I will add 10 to that. One of them is a blue, so that's also blue. So that's... Man, you guys are getting awesome card combos. Right? Yeah, like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that is, let's see, 22, uh, 36. Wow. 
All right. Were this not the X-Men animated series, that would be serious trouble for this kangaroo. Yeah. So what happens is you blast this kangaroo and your optic beam kind of knocks it off its feet, but also plows through the sand under it. Uh, so in, it ends up being completely buried in sand. Uh, and then, of course, we cut back to it where it's shaking its head and uh, popping its head out of the sand. So it's clearly okay. The kangaroo survived, but it's it's buried in stand and is not going to be a threat anymore. Now I'm just picturing like kangaroos diving out of exploding helicopters with kangaroo parachutes. <laughs> they pretty much do, man. I fly down and I approach, uh, you know, one of the kangaroos to try to be gentle and calming towards it. Okay. And I say to the group, something must have agitated these animals. Maybe they just don't like mutants. They wouldn't be the only ones. <laughs> Oh my god, go listen to Morrissey or something. (laughs) We should be clear, that's not in character. We don't have the rights to Morrissey. (laughs) It's very difficult to work with on this issue for Saturday morning cartoons. Wolverine looks like that kangaroo thinks you're its daddy. (laughs) It's true. I don't know. The comment that I would normally make is Wolverine. I don't think it's going to get past standards and practices. (laughs) I don't know. You got to say penetrate his recesses once, so... (laughs) You did, I remember. Yeah. It was the, uh, the one of the Apocalypse episodes. <laughs> I think instead I will just uh, puff myself up and tell the kangaroos to scat. Uh, okay, so the, the one kangaroo that got knocked away sees that its other kangaroo buddies are uh, in dire straits and have been, uh, have been neutralized. Uh, so it kind of bounds off into the, toward the sunset. Um, the other kangaroo that you tied up has managed to finally free itself, but now it's just kind of hopping up to you and making kind of puppy dog eyes at you. I just kind of uh, make the growl at it, like, and kick it away. Like, nudge, you, you nudge, kick, kick, it, kick nudge, it the kick. sand, kind keep, of. Yeah. You're not going to keep it? That's feet. No, oh. I'm not going to keep a kangaroo as a pet. Okay. It, it kind of <laughs> drops its head and its ears and bounds very sadly off into the distance. Poor little guy. Do we have the rights to the Sad Hulk walking away music? No, we don't. Okay. But <laughs> yeah. we can have the make a synthesizer, you know, facsimile. A sound alike? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, after encountering these weirdly random kangaroo, you make it to the town. Uh, there's a sign that says Little Billabong, uh, and there's some kind of fake didgeridoo music playing on the soundtrack. And you see uh, a few different locations. There's a landing strip with a small airfield, and there's a bar called the Outback Bar. And uh, that's really about it. There's like a, a little post office that looks like it's not open and, you know, a couple of trailers. But those are kind of the two main locations are the landing strip and the bar. Well, we could just fly the rest of the way to the opera house and take out old Kane. Or we could look around here. What do you say, psych? Well, the landing strip's probably got communications equipment. I'd like to check in with Gene, see what's going on in Sydney. I'm thirsty after a fight. I think we should grab a drink of root beer. <laughs> I'm with Shorty. Fighting kangaroos gives me a mighty thirst. We don't have time to fool around, X-Men. We're stranded in hostile territory. Okay, so Wolverine and Rogue go to the bar. <laughs> Presumably. Uh, and Cyclops and Storm, are you going yeah, to go we'll check go out together. the... Yeah, yeah, we'll go to the airfield. We're leaders, you know. That's right. They looked up to We've us. got the piloting skill. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you two kind of go to the landing strip. You see that there's a small office there, and there's kind of a an aircraft graveyard. So if you want to get parts, this might be a, a place where you could do that. Can I wander around the aircraft graveyard looking vaguely maudlin? Yep. Okay, I'm going to do that for a little bit. Okay, and then we're <laughs> going to cut back to the bar where uh, you two are entering the saloon doors. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what do you do? What do you say when you when you go in? Well, what do we see when we when we walk in and the uh, ground? So you see, there's a few tables. There's uh, there's a bar. 
uh, you know, some people are getting their glasses of milk and root beer and stuff. Uh, and the uh, there's a few kind of local toughs who are sitting at the at the bars and uh, at the tables and at the bar, and they're you know kind of drinking and making gestures that look vaguely like punching each other, but not actually you know <laughs> making contact. All right, so I walk up to the bar with with Rogue so that we're close enough to the toughs at the bar that they can see us and clock us, but right. not to engage with them. And the toughs kind of look up and they're like, oh, what strange outsiders. Uh, and I, I, uh, I give one of them a wink as we sidle up to the bar. And I tell the bartender, two root beers. All right, uh, so the, the bartender is this lady who's wearing like a sleeveless um, flannel shirt uh, and like a, a, a T-shirt. And uh, with a, a very high collared T-shirt, to be clear. Um, and she pours a couple of root beers and slides them across the table to you. Uh, they're nice and foamy and cold. And she kind of says, you folks look like you're from out of town. I'm Josie. I run this establishment. Well, hi, sugar. My name's Rogue and this here's Wolverine. <sighs> Those are mighty funny names. That's the only one I have because this is the early 90s and I hadn't yet been described as Anna Marie. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Josie from now on will have uh, an Australian accent, but they forgot to do it for the couple lines so far, and uh, so they aren't going to pay to re-record them. So she says, Well, I also own the airfield here, so if there's anything you need, I'm basically the only lady who can get it for you. Well, in fact, and I look over at Wolverine and smile, we are in the need of, in need for some uh, parts for our plane. All right, well, when I'm done with my shift, I'll see what I can do about that. In the meantime, what is there for a gal to do around a place like this? Well, not much. We mostly just watch the television and <laughs> have some root beer. And uh, we pan to the television, um, and it's showing a live feed from Sydney, uh, where there's a big celebration happening at the Opera House. And there's, like, the, the mayor is out there, and there's a ribbing cutting ceremony and a big brass band. What entire nation? Weren't the juggernaut just tearing up that place? Do you think someone else beat us to him? Or maybe it was a trap. Uh, and, and Josie kind of looks at you and says, What's a juggernaut? <laughs> What's a juggernaut? You ain't seen him? Got no neck at all? Doesn't talk in, many, in words with very many syllables? You take his helmet off and might control his mind every time? Well, I guess, I guess you don't. We do. She kind of says, Doesn't ring any bells to me. Huh. Well, this is curiouser and curiouser, Wolverine. All right, and now we cut back to the airfield. Mm -hmm. So apart from looking maudlin, uh, what are you two up to? Is there, well, while she's looking maudlin, I, I, I figure out how uh, look for any type of uh, tower or anything like that that you know we could okay. use for the communication equipment. Yeah, there's really just a small mm -hmm. office. So mm -hmm. it's kind of just a, a strip of concrete, uh, an, a windsock, some old plane parts, and a little tiny building. So I'll go to the office and see if there's any radio equipment there. All right. Uh, so there's a local who's just kind of sitting back and kicking up with his feet on the desk and... Uh, uh, you know, reading a magazine that says something about the mutant menace on the cover. Um, and so when you walk on, he, he kind of goes, whoa, and almost falls over and then kind of sits up and says, whoa, you look like you're from out of town. Yes. And I require your assistance. Do you have any communication equipment we can use? We got a telephone. And he holds up a telephone receiver. May I use that? <laughs> How do you sound dramatic? Like, <laughs> we'll need long distance. <laughs> <laughs> the winds will carry the long. I distance. just go straight to Doctor Orpheus every time. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so now you're you're on the telephone storm, mm -hmm. and I'm going to call to back to the X mansion. Okay. Um, so the phone is ringing, and uh, and Morph picks it up. Morph. 
The Blackbird has crashed. We are currently trying to get to Sydney to stop the Juggernaut. Has he done any more damage? It's funny. As soon as you left, we checked again, and there's nothing about him on the news. What? I know. It's almost like he never was there to begin with. It was a trap. Yes, it might have been a trap. <laughs> Thank you, Morph. We'll be back in the X-Mansion as soon as we can. And I hang up the phone. Cyclops! Yeah, I will look back over the airfield and say, I can't help think but that my father would never have crashed a plane quite that badly. <laughs> I, I, as I soar towards you. Angsty, angsty flashbacks, yeah. yeah and we, so, we, we kind of fade in a, a little bit of a flashback of you and Corsair from previous episodes. And let's not forget that, Alex. And we try to ignore that they have much better... No, Alex is unacknowledged quality. except in early childhood flashbacks. He oh, did show okay. up once. Yeah, we, sh- we we fought briefly, but we never... In the X Factor th- episode, no, I, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they tease that they're going to do something with that, but then they never do. Were you able to get in touch with the other X-Men? Cyclops, I fear it was a trap. I called back to the X-Mansion, and Morph told me that the second we left, it, it's like it never happened. But who would do such a thing, and why lure us here? Well, the second we reached Australia, we started experiencing the flight troubles, and everything started going wrong. Do you think this town might be more than it seems? I'm almost positive, Cyclops. We'd better find the others. All right, so back at the bar, a couple of the local rowdies kind of settle up to you, and uh, one of them leans really close to Wolverine and kind of gets in your face and puts a big meaty arm on the bar and says, Aye, you're talking to Josie. Look, we don't like outsiders here. We are indiscriminately against you. I'm not a big fan of insiders. <laughs> and I lean up all casual like on the bar uh, next to Wolverine. You tell him, shorty. <laughs> Uh, and one of the other rowdies kind of leans up next to you, Rogan, pretty much exactly the same pose, and says, Oi, what kind of accent is that? It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> you speak for yourself, sugar. Where I come from, everyone talks like this. Oh, God. Where, where is that? Exactly? <laughs> it's a terrifying place. You know, the south of the Canadian voice acting region. <laughs> well, that, that would be what, Alberta? No, that's the super Midwest accent. It's fine. Trust me. I, I I know I know how people talk where Rogue comes from. <laughs> I am an expert. I am a professional. Chris Claremont's imagination. Uh, yes, yes, that. Uh, so the the one next to uh, Wolverine kind of uh, looks at you and looks you square in the eyes and say, "Look, you'd better be hitting the road." I think we're going to stay right here, but uh, maybe we should take this outside for some consequence free grappling. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what people advertise for on Tinder? Consequence free grappling? I was grappling? going to say. That is what my Tinder profile says. <laughs> so at that point, he shoves you. I have a low center of gravity and I'm Wolverine. How far do I get? And you're heavy. <laughs> so he's pushing you, so you're going to have to try to resist that. So that's going to be um, an agility check to kind of avoid getting knocked over. Okay, well, my agility is 10. I have the martial arts skill, and I will play a red 5 and add to that an 8. So that's... Uh, which is also a Doom card. Which is also a Doom card. Okay. Uh, speaking of Doom cards, I'm adding a Doom card to this uh, because it wouldn't be appropriate if Wolverine didn't get arbitrarily defeated by some random ruffian. <laughs> so uh, he pushes you and you fall backward and knock over a table uh, and a pitcher of uh, water kind of flips through the air and then lands on your head. Uh, before it hits me, can I extend my claws and cut it so that it falls to the side of me instead of hitting me instead of landing on me? 
Uh, so you you extend like your just, claws and slash it. through it. Yeah. So the two halves of the pitcher kind of fall over, and then the water just splashes yeah. down and soaks you for uh, until we cut to the next scene because they aren't going to animate you wet twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I shrug and uh, just say, "Well, I was wondering what there was to do around this town," and uh, just sort of uh, shoulder into the identical thug next to me. Okay. All right. So you're going to make a strength attack against the thug. All right, let's do a uh, 16 strength, and uh, what is my edge here? What can I add on? None of my cards. So we'll just try 16 strength, but we will throw in um, this 5 right here for 21. Okay, uh, so you kind of check this uh, this hoodlum, and he goes flying back and uh, knocks into a table that a couple other hoodlums are sitting at, and they kind of go scattering, and you kind of you know dust off your hands, and, and they kind of look up and go, Oh, she's awfully tough. <laughs> yeah, reminds me of me, ma'am. They kind of go scattering. I don't know whether to be flattered or insulted. All right, so I'm going to stand up and charge at the guy who pushed me. Okay. I guess I'll play a nine added to my eight strength. So that's okay. 17. All right. Uh, so you kind of charge at him and you, you kind of knock him back. Claws and, extended, but not being used. Right. So you extend your claws and then you grab him with your other hand and kind of knock him back up against the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of raises his hand and goes, ah, oh, stop. I give up. I give up. Okay. Well, then I'll let him go because I'm a good guy. Okay. <laughs> uh, he kind of says, oh, you seem like tough ones. Look, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. I, uh, smile and sort of nod over at, uh, at you, Wolverine. What's going on in Sydney? Sydney? Oh, it's a ceremony. A ceremony for what? Uh, It's a celebration of a special Australian holiday. What do Australians have to celebrate? It's Australia Day. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what those kangaroos were celebrating. Maybe picking a fight's how they do it. Like you, Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of listeners in Australia. (laughs) This is the last one they'll ever listen to. No, they'll probably all reply back like, yeah, we don't know either. Like, we- no, no, what they'll do, because this is what our listeners do, because they're amazing, is send us lists of obscure Australian holidays. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, we learned so much. It's going to be fantastic, which we will then start celebrating. <laughs> That's not a holiday. This is a holiday. <laughs> now, wait a minute, sugar. Last I checked, the juggernaut was smashing down that opera house. You saying you ain't seen him neither? No, I've been sitting here watching TV all day long. I never want to come back to Australia. Let's find the others and get out of here. I nod, and we uh, we head out of the bar toward uh, toward wherever Cyclops and Storm got off to. Okay. Um, so while you guys were off screen, the guy in the office uh, told you some more information because uh, the parts that you needed, you found most of them, but some of the electronic components that you need to fix the Blackbird, mm-hmm. uh, they don't have them here. So... He said that there's an old TV station out in the desert that's not too far from here that probably has some of the electronics you need. Thank you for that information. You're very kind. Uh, just, oh, just that's send our your, hospitality. Just send your bill to the Xavier Institute, I say, and responsibly write down the address and a reading number. <laughs> reading information. So, uh, yeah, we, we wander over, seeing you guys uh, engaging in commerce very dramatically. <laughs> hey, something about this whole situation smells funny. Juggernaut attack was a fake. Someone wanted to get us out here and stranded. But why? Hmm. Well, the X-Men have made a lot of enemies, or there's just the fact that we're mutants. But why send those kangaroos after us? (laughs) They do things funny around these parts. 
Either way, we need to get more parts to finish repairing the Blackbird. We've learned that there's a station out in the desert that should have what we're looking for. Let's go, X-Men. All right. So it plays a little bit of uh, the theme song after you say that. Uh, because you said X-Men, so that's, that's required. <laughs> or the, the, the slow. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and then it plays the same scene of you walking across the desert, but flipped so that it looks like you're walking the other direction. Sure. So we're just um, walking backwards? Oh, no. Right. And Cyclops, your stuff is all on the We're not kangaroos. We can do it. <laughs> uh, so, so you're walking out into the desert and you see... Uh, an old TV station. It's just kind of a little squat building that says Koala Central Television on it. Inside, it's it's totally dark, and it looks like this has been abandoned for a while, and it's clearly been looted. Looks um, like someone got here before us. Yes, someone did get here before you. Can somebody attempt an intellect check for me? That is definitely not me. Rogue's intellect is four. I have a six. I'm pretty smart. Um, yeah, I, will. I have a six as well. Likewise. All right. Um. Well. I'll, I'll get, uh, I'll, I'll do a five. Yeah. So 11 altogether. Okay. And it's the doom card. All right. Uh, so storm, you're kind of looking around and you, and you say, uh, there are, well, you notice there are a lot of parts missing. Um, but you're not really sure that it doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it that you can figure out. Okay. Should I recommunicate that in, in, in storm yes. fashion? Many parts are missing, but I can't figure out why. Okay, I'd like to try to make those connections. I will also make an intellect check. All right. Use four, then eight. So that's um, a 18. With a four intellect check, I'm just going to make the logical assumption. Maybe it was those kangaroos we saw earlier. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can smell who was here before us. Okay. Uh, so we'll do Cyclops first, and then we'll get to you, Wolverine. So Cyclops, you notice that this uh these missing parts are especially useful for cybernetics <laughs> all of the missing parts have one thing in common they're used for cybernetics the electronic augmentation of biological organisms can i say organisms okay i think that's okay by the goddess uh and wolverine yeah we cut to you sniffing around a little bit uh and <laughs> it's like you you notice by this weird combination of like oil and sweat and whatever the 1990s equivalent of axe body spray is um it smells like some people you've encountered before specifically the reavers Mm. heads up team i smell reavers reavers you mean those robot men we tangled with before yes that's what i just said right i was just (laughs) recapping for the viewers (laughs) Uh, those guys play for keeps everyone be on the lookout uh and so wolverine you also recall that the last time you encountered the reavers they were with your former love interest named Yuriko, who has become a cybernetic lady death strike. Can I look off to the distance and have a mournful flashback? Mm, you absolutely can. All right. Thank and get you. some of that little sad X-Men theme music. Mm-hmm. Yuriko. How come she's allowed to have death in her name? Uh, you know, uh, that's a very good question. I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure I have an answer. Lady okay. destroy strike. <laughs> Doesn't really roll off the tongue. The I'm, I'm sure they well, tried. To get strike. It well, death is not the same as kill. Lady dem- temporarily unconscious strike. <laughs> <laughs> Lady some dual strike. Or just taking a nap strike. <laughs> <laughs> Lady set for stun strike. <laughs> Perhaps they found like a bird that was called the death strike. They're like, oh, she's named after the bird. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some obscure reference. Sense. Yeah, yeah, clearly to make it work. <gasps> Does that mean that you can have the name Terror Bird? I'm going to change my name to Terror Bird, you guys. Cyclops <laughs> is lame. Henceforth, Scott Summers is now Terror Bird from season six onward. 
and so uh, also I think they just called her Yuriko most of the time so that yeah. they didn't have to say Lady Deathstrike any more mm. than necessary. Um, that's that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Uh, all right. So you notice that these these cybernetics pieces of hardware are useful. Um, you find you kind of sort through and find some other uh, communications hardware. Um, and there's also uh, you find under a panel that's underneath some machinery. Uh, you, you're kind of clearing away some machinery that's just looks like it's been dumped in a pile and you clear it away and you find this metal panel leading down into the ground. It's like a trap door. Careful. We don't know what could be passed there. Does it look? Um, wait, have we? We haven't opened the trapdoor yet, have we? No. 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 Um, okay, so I'll, I'll hold off until then. Now, what would a television station need with a trapdoor? I don't know, but I'm getting answers. I go and I open the trapdoor. Okay. Small new lasers. And this is something you can actually use your claws for. So you can <gasps> do it. Slice it open so the trap. Oh, but make sure to slice it in an X shape. Absol- yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Shoot. So, uh, Shoot. All right, so when you you pop open the trap door, um, and down below, it's kind of this this metal tunnel that's very high-tech. It's got kind of monitor positions down throughout it, uh, and uh, it's got, you know, uh, occasionally there's some, you know, glowing circuit board-looking stuff. Is it kind of a tight space? Uh, yeah, it's... it's I, will not, I will not be going down there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, so it's... Um, it, so what do you say, Storm? I sound fearful and, and I say, um, I will be staying up here. You know how I get claustrophobic. You just do what you need to, Storm. The rest of us will take a look. How about you keep watch up here? Good idea. We wouldn't want anyone sneaking up on us from behind. All right. So as the rest of you go down into the tunnels and kind of start progressing further, some of the Reavers come out to attack. Up above, right after the Reavers come out to attack you... Uh, Bonebreaker and Skullbuster come up from behind to attack you. Up above. <sighs> so we're going to go into combat now. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, so the, the Reavers down in the tunnels, are those like uh, specific character Reavers, or do they go with the animated series habit of just having generic cyborg dudes to fill out the ranks? Um, I wouldn't say they exactly, I wouldn't say they exactly get names uh, that you say out loud, but they do match the appearance of Reavers from, uh, from the comics. Uh, so down below, you are encountering Bonebreaker and Skullbuster. If I remember correctly, Skullbuster is the one with the black mask with a red skull on it, and Bonebreaker is the one that has tank treads for legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then up above... That must be rough for maneuvering through tunnels. I was going to say, just getting down the ladder, period, right? would be really interesting. Yeah, They're very dangerous now. That's actually why they're down here. Uh, <laughs> they went down get there, out. can't get back up. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Uh, and then up above, it's... Uh, it's Cole and Reese, okay. who are two basically interchangeable guys with guns and, and <laughs> silly sunglasses. Sure. Generic 90s mm-hmm. villain. All right, the Explain right. the X-Men person in me has to point out those are two of the three Hellfire guards that Wolverine cut up in the Hellfire story before the Dark Phoenix. That side. is that correct. That was a good day. Yeah. They're, they're the two who actually uh, took to heart his lecture on transhumanism. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think the other was Macon, <clears throat> as I recall. It's possible. Yeah, I think he just got cut out of the animated but series. But in, in the animated series, though, since the Hellfire Club guards were full-on robots... They were. Will that carry over? Are we getting... Ooh, I think that actually yes. brings up an important question. Um, What are the claw rules with, with Reavers? Can, can, they, they are, can she cut off... Si- they are They are full-on robots? Wolverine can cut off their cybernetic limbs as long as he doesn't damage their, their fleshy bits. I'm very accurate. Yes, that's true. You are the best. Um, I and, am the best. And most of it is like their arms are cybernetic and, you know, for Bonebreaker, his his lower half tank is treads. all tank treads. 
Okay. I don't I don't know what parts of Skullbuster are cybernetic, honestly, but I doubt the animators are going to keep too close a track. Okay, I'm going to try to to blast um, Bonebreaker's treads and uh, see if I can basically get rid of his mobility. All right, go for it. All right, so I've got, let's see, um, my optic blasts are 14, and I'm going to add 10 to that. So 24. Right. 24. Okay, so you take a shot at his treads, and uh, you kind of knock them askew, and he kind of spins in circles for a little while, just kind of shooting. He's got a, a, this giant cannon, uh, you know, like a cable-looking gun, and it's just kind of firing wildly into the air above him, shooting these pink lasers. Clearly not deadly projectiles, but pink lasers are, are firing out of his, his weapon. All right, uh, I <clears throat> yell upstairs, Watch out, Stormy! We got company! And uh, fly up to help Aurora, and uh, I'm going to just basically... Careful, rogue! Uh, I'm going to dive into Cole and or Reese, uh, fist extended forward, again, with a gentle bludgeoning motion. <laughs> All right. So that'll be a 16 strength, and I'm going to throw a four in on top of that. All right, and four, so you're, you're kind of taking, kind of gently shoving one with each hand? Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to get them both out of the way. Okay. All right. Uh, what was your total? Uh, 19. Okay, so you come in and uh, rush into Cole and Reese, who are totally different people and not exactly the same in any measure whatsoever. Um, and you push them back. Uh, Reese kind of uh, just kind of gets shoved out of the way, and Cole takes the brunt of it. Uh, and he goes flying into a bank of computers, and um, he, he kind of cracks one of the TV screens behind him uh, and, and then starts getting ready to pull out his, uh, his laser pistol. Don't even think about it, sugar! Down in the tunnels, I'm going to attack Bonebreaker's treads. Um, I'm going to use my either marksmanship or martial arts abilities to pinpoint the exact right spot to hit him so that I okay. can attack with agility instead of strength. All right. And Sounds good. So my agility is 10, and I'm going to lay down all of these and that one. That's a lot of cards. Yeah, so that's uh, 16, 22, plus my 10, so 32. Okay, 32. So, uh, you slash through Bonebreaker's tank treads, uh, and kind of his, the top half of his body just kind of slides forward as the bottom half of his treads just falls out behind him, basically perfectly stationary as the rest of him kind of just slides forward and he bangs into a wall and then falls over on his back and, uh, drops his gun and kind of is just trying to right himself, but kind of loudly going, ah, ah, oh, he's ah, like ah. a little baby turtle. Take a break, bub. <laughs> Blast you, X-Men! <laughs> <laughs> Not on your best day. How much air can I get uh, inside this building? Not very much. It's it's actually, it's it's a little uncomfortable storm-wise, even in this building. Okay, all right. So I'm I'm going to strike the, the pose with my arms up, uh, eyes turning white. You dare attack the X-Men! Now face the fury of storm! And I summon a lightning bolt. To attack whichever one Rogue didn't attack because they're totally two different characters. Okay, that's going to be Reese. Okay, so I'm going to attack Reese, and I am going to use my blue force so I can draw another because uh, my my weather control is blue. Okay. And uh, I got a five on top of that, so nine plus uh, 13 is 22. Okay, so he, uh, uh, as you're trying to fry him, uh, he tries to jump for cover, but the blast kind of catches his uh, his cybernetic leg mm -hmm. and zaps into the computer bank behind him, kind of making it explode and shoot out sparks. Uh, so he's clearly, he's okay. He didn't get caught in the explosion. 
uh, but he rolls uh, rolls over on the ground uh, and is kind of down trying to right himself. Okay. And what was your total again? Uh, it was 22. 22. Yeah. Okay, so I believe that's everybody. Yeah. Uh, so now the, the Reavers are also going to uh, come back at all of you. I keep having to... Make sure I don't call them the Marauders by accident. <laughs> the marauders are sinisters, folks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Once he got tired of having of the nasty boys. No, no, no the Marauders were first. The nasty oh, were boys first? were second. Oh, okay. yeah. This, I, think, this, I think it might go the other way around in the cartoon. but yeah. mm-hmm. This works, though. This contributes to my theory that Sinister is gradually working up to um, basically a, a to, to, to glam earth. Who used, <laughs> who used the Funky Bunch? <laughs> that was uh, Earth 215, Mr. Sinister, right there. Hmm. Someone is going to believe that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what Earth 215 is. With, with Kane, Marky Marco. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hang out in this universe briefly, and then I want to go home. And, and yeah. whenever he fights uh, Professor X, and since they're siblings, he always does the, and say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> <laughs> How deep does this rabbit hole go? <laughs> Okay, so now uh, the counteractions happen and the Reavers are going to try to attack you all back. So actually, Bonebreaker is pretty much out of the fight right now, uh, and he's crawling down the tunnel trying to escape. Uh, while Skullbuster is opening fire, shooting, uh, he's carrying a, a giant rifle in each hand and kind of firing pink and yellow lasers down the tunnel at the two of you who are down there. So he's taking a shot at Wolverine. Uh, so Wolverine, you're gonna. What are you gonna do to try to evade these laser blasts? Can I reflect them back with my adamantium claws? Uh, you can attempt to. It's 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 tricky, but you can try it. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay. Okay. So I'm playing my edge card. I'm playing a red card, and then I flipped over another seven. So I got one seven and seven. So that's fifteen added to my agility, which is ten. So that's twenty five to reflect their lasers. Okay. So you're attempting to reflect the lasers. I'm going to use. One of my doom cards to make that more difficult. And so you're trying to reflect the lasers and you reflect the lasers of one of the cannons, but the other one manages to get through and zaps you in the shoulder uh, and you kind of go spinning backward. Uh, So you are going to take some damage. Um, Wolverine! (laughs) From from up above, we just hear someone go, Wolverine! I I hear him go, Not even on camera. That's... I mean, he does that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, one second here. I'm doing some... You should hear him in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> With me outside. Wolverine! <laughs> Others are waiting patiently! I'm not sure I ever it's, should have It's not like you ever shower in there anyway. <laughs> Light a match! <laughs> What, what did you have for your defense again? What was the number? Oh, uh, 25. Okay. So the lasers just barely hit you, uh, but you take, it, it's a 23. So you're going to reduce that by your strength. Which is eight. Okay. Uh, so you're going to take 15 damage. So you have to discard cards that are worth 15 and you don't get to draw those cards back. Okay. Now that was Skullbuster. Uh, so now we go back upstairs for where Cole and Reese are fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, Reese, you just tried to zap. Um, so he kind of crawls up onto one knee and begins firing his, his cannons at you. Sure. So, uh, how are you going to try to avoid that? Well, I do have agility to try to dodge, but one of my skills is energy control. Could this come into play at all in this, in this scenario? 
Um, usually it's more uh, elemental energy and weather energy for sure. your purposes. Um, and these are kind of plasma. So you could try it, but it would be very difficult. Okay. So actually then, then what I'll do is, is as I will raise fog in this building to try to uh, make it so he can't see me to right. hit me. And I'm going to raise some pretty thick fog. So I'm going to use uh, a nine. So altogether it is 22. All right. Uh, so he had a pretty good beat on you, but you raise fog just in time uh, that he he doesn't quite get uh, get you sighted in all the way, and mm-hmm. so he's firing indiscriminately into the fog, and uh, we don't hear storm cry out or anything, so we as the viewers can assume that none of those uh, blasts hit you. Okay, so fog blanket me, protect me. <laughs> All right. And uh, as this comes up, I'm going to uh, dramatically dive through the fog um, and try to uh, try to tackle uh, one of the remaining reavers. However, so actually, when you when you tackled Cole at the first time, um, he he managed he's trying to grab onto your legs and hold on as you're flying around. OK, and he's kind of trying to to make you run into stuff pretty much all right so uh seeing this problem that i have i'm just gonna reach over and say night night sugar and kiss him on the cheek okay and try to uh knock him out with my powers all right so you're gonna use your power theft ability for that all right and i'm gonna go ahead and use a uh this three right here but since that's blue i'm gonna draw again uh, and pull out a four. So that takes it. That's seven on the cards, 18 on power theft for 25. Okay. So you see him kind of go, oh, and uh, and his grip loosens and he falls down. You're not very far off the ground. So he kind of just goes, oh, and, and bounces down. Um, and then he kind of, uh, he, he rolls over and goes, oh, so we can tell he's still alive. <laughs> and, uh, and you manage to control yourself before you run at the wall and you kind of just barely stop short. Oh, such such pain, such desire for revenge. <laughs> and I'm trying to uh, get myself under control. All right. Uh, okay. So now we are uh, going on to the next round. So I'm going to flip a new card for Since the bad it's guys. The next round. How often do I regenerate? That is happening right now. In fact. So can I draw one more card? Uh, no. Uh, well, we have to see what I flip first. And ah. we, this is what this little thing in the corner is for. Since it's white, everybody who's taken damage, which in this case is just Wolverine, gets to draw one more card. Which is pretty much always every case. It's just Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolverine's benefit is that he can also do it if it's a, a card with a red thing here. Mm. Uh, nobody, None of the heroes get one with if it's black. But Okay. So Cole upstairs is down because you power drained him. He's probably going to be, you know, kind of too weak to fight for a while. On the other hand, Macon is still there blasting. He can't see very well because of the, or, or Reese. the cloud. Reese, is it Reese? Which one? Um, the guy. It is the other guy. <laughs> I think it's Reese. The other guy. Uh, yes, Reese is uh, is still, you know, he's still there. He's still fully capable. He just can't see very well because of the okay. the cloud that you brought up. So I want to take this outside. Okay. Is it a somewhat clear line of sight to the door? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I'm going to summon up wind and and try to force him out okay. the You're door. Gonna try to blow him through the door. Yes. So be gone and right. and and push him through um, using a, a, a nine altogether twenty two. All right. So you kind of start pushing him backwards. He's kind of planting his feet and trying to hold back, uh, but you manage to push him backwards. And then uh, a couple feet from the door, he kind of flies off his feet and goes crashing through the door and tumbles out into the bright sunlight. And he kind of 
holds his hand up over his uh, over his eyes in the in the face of the bright Australian outback sun. And I'll be making my way towards him. Okay. <clears throat> I assume that you're going to be jumping at this guy. That is a safe assumption. So what I am going to do is ricochet a blast that's going to hit him from behind. Okay. Um, since I assume we're in a narrow metal hallway, that seems like it should be doable. That's right. All right. So that is. Um, and so that's going to be a little higher difficulty than a normal attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can ricochet it around. All right, I've got it. It's listed as an attack. Can I use that in combination with the ricochet skill or? Uh, yes. So the ricochet skill will lower the difficulty back down. So it kind of uh, is a wash basically. Cool. Okay. Um, but the, the, the relevant color is still the power color, right? That's right. Okay. So let's see. I guess that's going to be 14 plus seven. So 21 to hit. All right. So with the 21, you bounce the blast around several times and you hit him in the back and he goes, ah, Wolverine now. (laughs) Good job hitting him with your concussive force. That is not a laser and only occasionally produces heat. All right. I appreciate that, Wolverine. Sometimes I feel like you're the only one who understands me. (laughs) Not often, but sometimes. Get a room, y'all. I mean, outside the Internet. (laughs) All right. All right. Wolverine, how about you? So I guess I'm going to, claws still unsheathed, jump at him and grapple um, using my brawling skill. Okay. All right. um, So I've got an eight strength and a two card and a three card. So 13. Uh, So you managed to get a hold of him. Um, He's still holding on to his guns. Uh, so he's kind of struggling with you. You have your claws unsheathed and are wrestling. He has his guns out and is wrestling. Uh, so you're kind of rolling around on the ground at the moment. So you didn't really harm him very much. Just kind of bouncing down onto the ground is all that really hurt him. Um, but you've got him, you've got him kind of contained at the moment. All right. Uh, Rogue, how about you? Okay, so I'm going to go head out the front door, and I'm going to try to pick up a nearby piece of generic machinery. Okay, like there's some, a lot of it here. I'm going to pick up a big metal boxy something or other with like a monitor okay. in it and some lights that would be beeping and blooping if there were power on in here. And I uh, lift it over my head and heft it at the remaining upstairs reaver. Okay. All right, so that's uh, strength that's 16. Uh, Let's go right. ahead and throw in a 5 to make that 21. All right, with a 21, uh, you throw this uh, generic machinery, uh, and it impacts Reese, and it kind of uh, kind of catches him in the chest, and he goes flying backward. Uh, a, there are a couple of kind of little blue sparks kind of shoot down his cybernetic arms uh, to indicate that that, that was uh, harmful, and he kind of goes sprawling back onto the sands, um, and then he kind of turns tail and starts getting ready to run off. I uh, look at him with uh, renewed sympathy, for I have seen the darkness within the souls of these reavers and experienced it as my own. But instead, I just say, that's right, run, skedaddle. <laughs> so many layers. That's right. Rogue is, Rogue is like a southern onion. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm crying. So it'd be a Vidalia then? Yes, Rogue <laughs> is a Vidalia onion, a southern Sweet Vidalia, Vidalia. bell. <laughs> right, so, so he's running off. Um, so Skullbuster is really the only one who's still a going concern. So he is still wrestling around with Wolverine. Um, and so he uh, reaches down to his chest bandolier and pushes the button on a an electronic grenade of some kind. So do you Wolverine, want to look try out. to get out of the way? Yes, I, um, I happen to have a skill called Fast Exit. Okay. And I think I'm going to utilize that skill now. All right. All right. So... Um, it's an agility-based skill. I'm going to lay down a card, and that's 17. So the weird glowing quasi-grenade kind of opens up. It's kind of got like a uh, an Irish-shaped 
aperture that opens and it blasts out this uh, blue beam of, uh, of light and it kind of explodes uh, non-fatally into a, a blue circular explosion. And you kind of get thrown back uh. down, the, down the corridor and kind of bounce around a little bit. And uh, you're not badly hurt, but you've kind of been knocked down. And when you look back up, Skullbuster has disappeared. However, along the sides of the hallway, there are several television monitors, and one of the CRTs kind of blinks on. You see Pretty Boy, who's one of the other Reavers, appears on screen, and he's in this laboratory, and he looks at you, uh, and he says, X-Men, you're trying to keep us from our revenge yet again. How can you always get in our way? And he says, however, you aren't prepared for our other powerful weapon that will destroy you the camera pans to the side you're not really sure who the camera operator is because it appears to just be pretty boy there but it, it pans and there's a giant uh, liquid filled tank and inside is lady Deathstrike. oh no and Wait, she can i run up and slut and snicked at like towards the tv not enough so i can so the film keeps going but like at the controls in, in sure. frustration and anger yeah you okay. you angrily slash at the <laughs> controls and sparks pop off uh and Pretty Boy walks over to the controller, and as as the camera zooms in, you see that Lady Deathstrike looks kind of a little different than she used to, like a little bit bulkier, uh, and the, her cybernetics are kind of more intense looking, and they have more flashing lights on them than they used to. Uh, and Pretty Boy presses a button, and the, the giant cylinder starts descending into the ground, and water splashes out uh, and starts, starts kind of flooding the room. And then Lady Deathstrike is standing there, and... She looks up and screams just one word. Sinister! And then we cut to commercial. It's a little tense, guys. Yeah. Right, right. As we come back, uh, we're all we're all back together, and I just turn to the three of you. I saw inside one of those Reavers' minds. I, I just don't know what would possess someone to do that to themselves. I'd give anything to be normal. And they turn themselves into monsters just for revenge? It will be okay, Rogue. Thanks, Roro. It seems like sometimes I'll never get to touch anyone again. Not even that Cajun swamp rat. Did you get any information from the Reaver, Rogue? I just got the information between my fist and his face, and uh, the part I mentioned before about pain and revenge, but that's really basically it. But are they after us or after Sinister? Because someone lured us out here, but... Uh, So we cut back to the television, and Lady Deathstrike is, is, is on there, and she says, No! Mr. Sinister, he promised to improve me, but he has made me cruelly transformed. Uh, So she extends her claws and starts tearing at the machinery around her uh, and sparks go off and the power in the tunnels around you kind of starts to flicker. And then the the lights are kind of dimming and the, the feed is kind of going to static off and on. But she looks directly into the camera and says, but he has made me capable of destroying the X Men." Get them, Reavers, and bring the one known as Wolverine to me. All right. Um, can I tell from the video where they are? You can actually identify, like, kind of the oil of the cybernetics, like the tank treads, mm-hmm. right? And you can uh, kind of sniff down and follow the, the tunnels to try to figure out kind of where Bonebreaker came from. He's the easiest one to track this way. Wait, okay. Wolverine, don't jump in there without a team. You're welcome to follow, Sake, but I'm going to use my fast exit ability to exit this pain. And enter this fight. (laughs) It's like emotional power gaming right there. Yeah. No, it's pretty amazing. Wolverine, she's more than a match for you. 
We need to use strategy. Cyclops, normally I would say this is something I have to do on my own, but I strongly feel in this setting that I should not split the party. We're here for you, Wolverine. Always X-Men. Let's go find someone to punch. All right, so Storm, you're coming into the tunnels with us? Well, <laughs> yeah, she's she's already appeared in there. Like, the animators put her in she's there, so yeah. she's kind this of This is there. a continuity right. mistake. Yeah. Not a... But a convenient one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so as you start heading down the tunnels, and Wolverine's kind of leading the way with his weird walking animation as he <laughs> follows the tracks. Uh, I just never realized John Wayne walked like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Wolverine, uh, I'm actually going to have you make a willpower tracking check. Okay. Uh, 18. Okay. Uh, so, you kind of sniff around a little bit, and you kind of almost get sidetracked, but then you find the right passageway, because you kind of reach a T-intersection, and then you, you head to the left. You're pretty sure the left is the right way to go. However, as you're heading down the tunnels, a set of automated defenses pop out to Uh-oh. try to stop your progress. And several kind of zappers pop out of the wall, and they start shooting stun beams. Um, and actually, hold on, we're revising the design of the zappers. They look a little too phallic. Okay, no, all right, now they're fixed. Uh, so they're they're kind of shooting off uh, and and shooting at all of you as you head down the uh, the cybernetic kind of tunnels. Um, there are twelve pods, each of which is is shooting at all of you. All right, I'm going to fly forward and try to just take them out uh, one after another sort of in a row on one side. What are these things? They're as unwelcome as a skunk on a wedding night. I'm going to try to blast through the other row. I was going to try to do the, the see how many I could take out with ricochets, but if you're... If you're I was going to do chain lightning, so we all have I'm just saying, this is like my best southernism so far, and yeah, I feel like impressed. we should let it go. That, okay, that was so, so we're going to have Rogue fly forward first, and you're trying to kind of punch some of them off the walls? Uh, kind of just, thing? you know, bam, 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 Best bam, bam, one along side. one wall. Okay, actually, you're going to use uh, your flight skill for this. All right, so flight. It's all, it's, you, you know you're strong enough to smash them. It's all about control right now. Okay, so flight uh, is red, so that is eight to begin with. Let me throw down a red five for 13. I'll trump that since it's red into seven more for 20. Okay, 20. All right, so you, you're flying through, and you smash three of the pods off the wall. Uh, and you can see that they're charging up, and pretty soon they're going to fire. But you take take those three out before they can even shoot. All right, now, Cyclops, you're firing your optic blast. I am, since, okay, since she's only gotten three, I'm going to try to ricochet back and forth between okay. them and, and get as many as I can with that. Um, so I'm going to use optic blasts. I am going to, let's see, that's 14. I will add one and six to 21. Okay, uh, so you're firing your optic blast, and it bounces uh, around the corridor, and it actually, um, like right underneath you, because you're flying through and smashing them, yours kind of takes out some of the lower ones, Cyclops, so you send several of them sparking and shooting off kind of black smoke that kind of billows up behind Rogue as she's flying down the tunnel. Not shooting, Cyclops. If this were a carnival, you'd win the big teddy bear. <laughs> I'd settle for getting my team out if you're alive. Or Sorry. <laughs> Can I say alive? Uh, or does that imply? Does that safe? Maybe is it okay? safe. Yes, I settle for getting my team out if you're safe and sound. Excellent. Uh, so that they've taken out about half of them between them uh, combined. Okay, um, I will use a, a lightning bolt um, to to try to take out another one. Okay, um, and actually, so they've headed off. Uh, rogue flying and Cyclops shooting uh, further down the corridor. Some of the other pods have popped up behind you. So Storm, if you want to turn around and kind of fry those. Yeah. I, 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 could I like try to do like some elaborate like chain lightning to take out a bunch of them? 
Uh, yes, to the limit of the animator's ability. Okay, well, and we're gonna see how well they animate it based on your result here. Then uh, thirteen for my weather control power plus uh, an eight, so we'll be rocking a twenty-one altogether. You also fry three different pods of lasers. It's almost like they're reusing the same animation of three pods of lasers blowing <laughs> up. It's deja vu. Yes. So lacking an area of effect spell, I'm going to use my claws and just go after the nearest one. So I've got my claws with my strength plus five. So it's eight plus five. It's 13. All right. Can you give me a roar? Arr! All right. You slash through another one and it kind of goes up in sparks. Uh, so there are two pods left and now they fire. And uh, so one of them is shooting at Storm and one of them is shooting at uh, Rogue. Okay. So uh, it's going to be agility to uh, try to avoid those. <clears throat> All right. So my agility is uh, a seven, and uh, I'll be throwing down a six. So 13 altogether to try to avoid that. Okay. So how do you – you you manage to just barely avoid it. So how do you do that? I, I lift the, – I, the, the winds lift me up and, and help me evade my attacker. <laughs> Can you make that sentence ev- even longer? The Lift me and take me to safety. Okay, and you say that. <laughs> and the, swooping. You say that, and then the laser bolt goes poop right. Under <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. And meanwhile, I'm going to sort of uh, spiral around in a dramatic flying fashion, uh, which probably repeats a couple of times using yeah. the, the the same frames. This debutante don't like to be touched. And I'm going to go ahead and use uh, my six agility and this red four and draw a five as well. So that's fifteen. All right. So you kind of spiral around and dodge one of the other bolts. Uh, and then there are two pods remaining, and it's pretty easy kind of Wolverine. You can go up and slash six, one. Six. Uh, and uh, Cyclops, you make a pinpoint zap and blow up the other one that's that's remaining. Uh, all right. So you have evaded the lasers, and you continue down the hallway uh, with Wolverine leading the way. And you reach the lab that you saw on the the video beforehand and you you can smell your old lady friend ahead of you uh though it's uh, she smells kind of different you can identify the the broad strokes that let you know it's her but there's something profoundly different even from the last time you encountered her when she was already cybernetically augmented can we say broad strokes on the animated show you can Um, say broad strokes but not strokes broads yes exactly (laughs) Uh, All right. So uh, you enter the room and Lady Deathstrike is standing there uh, and she she says, Wolverine, you betrayed me and killed my father, as I'm sure you recall. Wait, can you say that? That he killed your father? Destroyed his father. Yes. Uh, Ruined? You you led to the downfall of my father, as you well recall. Wait, can we pause for a second? Can you backstory me real fast? She is Mariko and... Lady Deathstrike combined. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So right. You used to so be her. lovers in Japan for a while, and then you got her dad. The original time. origin is that she blames Wolverine because her father was the one that developed a similar adamantium bonding mm-hmm. technique. Yeah. She tries to repo his skeleton. Yeah. That's great. So that's why she hates Wolverine, because she thinks Wolverine's responsible for her dad, um, like, stealing the technology in her dad's death. But um, In the cartoon, yeah. it's largely the same, except also you used to bang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
And I mean, it was a crime lord either way, America's father or Yuriko's father, so. <clears throat> and they use the name Yuriko in the TV show? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Mariko is just not really mentioned. Yuriko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says that a lot. And, and, and like the voice actor actually kind of tries to do Japanese pronunciation. Yuriko. And sometimes Yuriko. it works. The, the voice actress for Lady Deathstrike does not bother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every dramatic woman talks like Storm to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. She's she's very Storm with a very slight Japanese twist. Okay. <laughs> sort of like Laundra Storm with a slightly Shiar accent. Whatever that means. <laughs> New Jersey, I guess. All right, sorry, you were monologuing. Wolverine, see what has become of me. It is only a natural extension of the path you put me on when you led to my father's downfall. I will have my revenge on you with my new cybernetic body. Ah! <laughs> and then yeah. she kind of uh her her electronics kind of pulse and her muscles kind of uh ripple and she kind of seems like she's growing larger in front of you oh wow oh yeah. okay can i smell what that is <laughs> you don't want to smell what that's cooking <laughs> no you know <laughs> I, I mean i think that cut would just be a close-up on wolverine's face and you go huh? <laughs> i'm just saying tina smells like revenge that's right mm. Very heavy. Wolverine is very familiar with the smell of revenge. Um, <laughs> and if uh, so, there's also this. This seems kind of vaguely familiar. What's happened to her? Uh, if somebody wants to make an intellect check, you might be able to more closely identify it. Uh, Rogue with an intellect of four is still stuck on the kangaroos. She's really having a lot of trouble getting <laughs> past that. She, how are the kangaroos I, behind Lady Deathstrike's transformation? She it's, knows there's a link. I will make an intellect check, and I'm wondering if I can get bonuses because I know that this came through Sinister. Uh, yes. Okay, so I am, I'm going to go for, let's see, uh, 13. Okay. You recall that this is kind of like a weird techno-organic modification, and it feels similar to you to the phalanx virus that you've previously encountered. Right, you you may remember that from the strange episode that sort of had Warlock and sort of had the phalanx, but really they were just making it up as they went along. Yeah. Yeah. My God, she's been infected with some kind of techno-organic virus. Uh, Broadcast standards, uh, you can't say my God. You're right. That's right. Man, I'm trying to think of of it. I need to... See, you guys all get to do dramatic phrasings. I have to make things sound I, I, more I boring can, than they are. You can do great stuff. You have to put right? in an effort to tone it okay. down. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense for me to say. Um, Let me think. You could say cheese and crackers instead of, oh, God, cheese and crackers. <laughs> no. Again, this, again I, can't, I, can't do, I can't do entertaining figures Ooh, of gee speech. Gee whiz. Yeah. Gee whiz. Oh, mm. See, it's too, too, self, too, too, too lamentated, too self-consciously. Be, um, Ironic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just saying. I know we'll have to cut some stuff. This right here needs to stay. Yeah. <laughs> like where we have to try to figure out, like how would Cyclops be boring? <laughs> listeners, listeners, this is shocked. a this is this a window is... into the X Men animated ser- series writers' room. I'm it sure is. it was exactly like this. Hey kids, submit your boring things for Cyclops <laughs> to say to PO Box. Problem, you could win. The big. problem is most of the most of the sort of boring uptight exclamations sound like ironic and silly. That's true. And it so it, it can't be that. It's it's. Got to be, you know. Oh, can I do good lord? Mm. No. Good maybe. grief. You could do good grief. No. Well, she's not Charlie it's Brown. Not Charlie Brown. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of is. Sounds. You can say blast. That's a yeah. classic. Blast Blast is, yeah, blast would that, be. That's what they always use instead of fuck. That's like uh, Wolverine is always. Blast. I recognize Sinister's technology at work. She's been infected with a techno organic virus. Blast! <laughs> yes, bring it back. Bring it back to four seconds ago. <laughs> Previously on X Men. Blast! <laughs> uh, 
And you also recognize something else that's a little different. Um, it's it's not quite like the virus is trying to take her over like the phalanx virus normally does, um, but she's more like an incubator for the virus. And you can see that it's causing great strain to her. And uh, like in five minutes, she's going to blow like things are going to go very badly. We can help you, Yuriko. Don't let your quest for revenge consume you. All right. Uh, so she doesn't seem like she's too intent on letting you help her, but you do recognize a few ways in which you could attempt to help her. Obviously, these are easier to do when she's unconscious, but you can also attempt them when she's not unconscious. And this is actually, uh, fortunately, Beast gave you a, you know, all a real short crash course on the phalanx virus and ways to possibly counteract it. Uh, so you can, you have to kind of do these steps in order. This is kind of the game plan that was set up to deal with the phalanx if it rears its ugly head again. This is the stuff Cyclops stays up at night thinking about. That's right. Yes. You, you've, it, when he's not reading manuals for every single appliance in the X-Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> this, this has, like, in your uh, laminated three-ring notebook, it's got, like, a color code and a number. The X-Men a, employees a, a handbook. Did you know how a toaster has a broil setting? <laughs> I, I feel like Scott Summers and Leslie Nope would get along super well. Oh, totally. Binders and binders. Except yeah. that all of her, her binders would be color-coded systems. Mm-hmm. And with Scott, it's just, it's just yeah. all red it's or all yellow. Red. Yeah. Yeah. It, his are color-coded, but it uses the word instead of a, of a color. Yes, that's the yes. saddest thing ever. <laughs> He's For like, sale, baby shoes, never worn. For sale, strategy binder, no colors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so uh you know that the three steps are disrupt the genetic encoding isolate the infection and then purge the invader and if you can get all those done you might be able to save her but how do we do that well uh, isolate i could freeze her hey hey there we go yeah which gives me a great, um, you know, time to summon something, uh, you know, dramatically. Of course. I mean, we are really far underground, but I feel like drama trumps logic. For yeah, no, it totally that does. That might at least slow her progress, too. Well, and I have to assume when we progress. come into this room, this room is, for some reason, ominously larger than any of the other mm-hmm. rooms. It's cavernous. Yeah, it's a yeah. boss room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah, there's a bunch of like circular lights overhead and there's tanks and flashing lights. And yeah. mm-hmm. now we're in the stuff. 90s before everybody had magical healing blood, which is a shame because I feel like that could disrupt the virus. Oh, if, if Angel were here or his or uh, Jake well, Guthrie. But you do. You you have magical blood. We just can't show it or, you know, yeah, really acknowledge it. it. Yeah. So I, I'm going to take to the sky then. And okay. knowing that it's a techno-organic virus and since Beast has uh, versed us in, in how to take care of this, um, I, I will take to the sky. Elements, bring me cold. Freeze, Lady Deathstrike, where she stands. And and I will be summoning a cocoon of cold energy around right. Lady Deathstrike to try to slow her down. Ooh, it's a it's a techno virus. Maybe we can use electricity and like disrupt it with uh, an energy blast. Yeah, I have another thought to slow her down though, which is that we are we are in a generic X Men villain lab. Is there mm-hmm. no, are there canisters of knockout gas? Um, there are a lot of yeah. There are canisters of all kinds of things. Why um, are they labeled though? Because that seems like it could create some problems. They are in a color coded system. So it's going to be (laughs) (laughs) your worst enemy, (laughs) your only weakness. Blast my cursed mutant eyes. (laughs) That's more Silver Age than animated, but it works fine. All right. Here's what I'm saying. So uh, narrative convention here. The way you stop a genetic infection is to use the power of your of your your adamantium feelings to bring back the Yuriko that you knew and loved in a gruff and growly fashion. That is maybe maybe correct. her, Her cybernetic enhancements may give her some power of mind over matter. See if you can reach her, Wolverine. (laughs) 
Wolverine, the love you shared, I'll never feel not being able to touch another human being, but maybe you can use it to bring her back. It's our only hope, Wolverine. Look, if okay. I can use feelings to stop Dark Phoenix and I'm me, you can handle this. Okay, I extend my claws, <laughs> but <feeling>? tenderly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got at least two. <laughs> you use your feeling. <laughs> I really want to watch like this episode of the animated series with descriptive audio just to hear the narrator say Wolverine extends his claws tenderly. <laughs> I, I just want to see this episode animated. I'm sure I'm sure there's someone listening who knows how to do this. If okay. so, call us. Listeners, I want if, this to happen. if you've made it this far, this is your task. <laughs> Alright, so I extend my claws tenderly and I say, Yuriko, I know you're still there. Try to remember. Try to fight this. So you know the opposition right now is six for the, the villains. Uh, Alright, so this is going to be a willpower test for Wolverine. Alright. To, to try to, to get through to her. Okay, so I'm going to use everything I've got. So I'm going to use my edge, so two points, plus seven, and then my willpower is ten, so that's nineteen total. All right, 19. All right, X-Men. Let's take down Lady Deathstrike. All right. All right, so you used your feelings against Lady Deathstrike, right? <laughs> uh, what, what did you get on that, roughly? 17. 17. Okay. 17 points of pure emotion. That's correct. Okay, so you got a 17 on your willpower to try to uh, touch Lady Deathstrike's emotions. Um, so she's opposing that with her own willpower. Try telling her to follow her heart. It worked for Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you actually Not do manage to, uh, to... It was interstitial. To, <laughs> you managed to touch her emotionally uh, and bring her back to a, a different time. Her biological form seems to exert some amount of control over her techno-organic invader. So... Uh, and it looks like she's kind of resisting and pushing back, but... You think that it's going to take some actual like science to fully reverse it, but this does. You do think it's going to make it easier. Okay. All right. Now, is Pretty Boy still around here somewhere? Yeah, he's kind of just standing around in the background right now, kind of like in the previous episode that featured the Reavers and Lady Deathstrike. It's like, oh, Lady Deathstrike's doing something. We're just going to stand here. He appears to have reverted to that mode. Okay, so, uh, and he was doing some science before, right? <laughs> um, he was pushing some buttons, at least. So, oh, okay. as far as Rogue knows, that seems like science. All right, so I'm going to... also aviation. I'm going to head on up. <laughs> seems about time I went to community college, and I'm going to try to... <laughs> Absorb, <laughs> absorb his button pushing skills. I'm okay. gonna go and uh, take one of my gloves off and uh, get my hand on the side of his his human face. I totally right. get that Rogue doesn't know what college is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Southern thing; it's a Rogue thing. I like the idea that she's specifying community college because she's getting the the powers directly from you know <laughs> the community a person. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. It works on so this many levels. This is so layered. Wow. <laughs> It's that sweet Southern Vidalia. Have you been up for like three days straight thinking of this stuff in a fever dream? Like this this has been my week. (laughs) Week hell. You've been working on this watch since 1992. (laughs) Since I was born. Miles always knew that someday he'd be called upon to be rogue. Right. Uh, Little do we know in the Brian Singer rogue cut of uh, Days of Future Past, it's actually Miles being reshot as rogue. Yeah, they they couldn't get Paquin, so they figured I was the second best. Yeah. You do actually have much, much fancier hair. You have more more roguelike hair, even. I just got to get that white streak. Uh, So anyway, I'm going to absorb absorb his button skills. Okay. 
Would so that use, be blue? use your power theft. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I accidentally absorb the wrong ones and just become extremely good at tailoring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use my power theft. That is an 18 plus this blue three, which is a three since it's blue. That turns into a uh, four as well. So uh, that's 25. All right. So you come flying toward him. He looks like he wasn't really expecting anybody to not pay attention to Lady Deathstrike. So he's kind of caught off guard and goes, ah, as you touch his face and some blue glowy lights happen and you begin absorbing his his memories. All right. Ah, ah, I know I know all about buttons <laughs> and, and being pretty. And I'm then going to attempt to make my way in the direction of the computer console. Okay. Uh, and you're going to start pressing some buttons. Mm hmm. Okay, we're going to come back to you a little bit later, but right now, uh, Lady Deathstrike is still a going concern. Cyclops, what Gosh. are you getting up to? Well, I was going to try to assist with lab stuff, but apparently it's all labeled in a color-coded system, so that's not going to happen. What can I do? I can flash back to the Dark Phoenix saga, I guess. This might be the last time you see, you can think of Jean. Yeah, before <laughs> the okay. episode's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flash back to the Dark Phoenix saga. <laughs> can I do that okay. as a free action, or is that my combat move? Um, you know, if you don't have a, a, an alternate combat move. As my combat move, I will flash back to the Dark Phoenix Saga, and as a free action, I will bemoan my uselessness. Okay, <laughs> excellent. Uh, what, what does Cyclops say to bemoan his uselessness? If only these cursed optics blasts could do something to create, not just destroy. All right, sounds good. And you probably stand there with your mouth open, as so many artists always draw Cyclops, just always with his mouth open constantly. Yeah, or, yeah. you know, if, if only Jean were here, she'd know what to do. Yeah. All right. And so we, we cut to Cyclops lamenting his uselessness, and then Lady Deathstrike tries to attack him. Uh, so Cyclops, Man. try to avoid her slapping at you while carefully not hitting you with her claws. What I will do is I will duck, and I will try to get my visor slightly open to try to push her back. Okay. All right. So that's going to be agility to, mm -hmm. to duck out of the way. My agility is six, and I will add a... Five and a four, they are both red. Then I'm going to play a nine, and that also gives me a draw, which is, um, so that's 20. Okay, so she makes a valiant effort to try to hit you, but you manage to duck and roll out of the way. Uh, and then you kind of deflect her claws with your optic blast, and her, her hand kind of flies upward. I don't think I actually ever put down a card for me trying to freeze Lady that's Deathstrike. Fine. Okay, we'll just, just making sure. All right. We'll pretend you did it very silently while we were right. describing it. I, I assume it's more for dramatic purposes. Yes. So, yeah. But also to slow the progression of the virus. Right. Although it might have the opposite effect, actually, if it's cold. Well, cartoon, cartoon logic. Yeah. You're, you're effectively I'm not a doctor. difficulty, so we don't really need a, All right. yeah. a check for that. So, All right. All right. So Lady Deathstrike has made her attack. And now, Wolverine, are you continuing your... Yeah, well, so I'm going to, to jump and try to... Hold her down so tenderly, so that <laughs> so, so that I can connect While to crying, her heart presumably. and remind her of who she is. Mm -hmm. So I will use. Um, so I'm going to try to take her down. My agility is ten, and I will lay down a seven, which is a doom card. So I may have doomed us all. Okay. And I and as I do it, I, I shout out, "Erica, this isn't you. Try to remember." Okay. Uh, so she's trying to fight you off as you uh, you try to keep her uh, under control so everybody can heal her. Uh, all right, you're trying to grapple her, and she kind of shakes you off and s sends you flying, and you kind of uh, fall against the ground and slide into some machinery. Ah! Okay. All right, uh, how about uh, the rest of you folks? 
Rogue, are you going to push some buttons? I'm going I'm to push some buttons, and I'm going to try to uh, remotely something something genetic technology something something resequence, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. Yes, uh, and now uh, my my intellect's normally not so hot, but now that I have Reese's fabulous technology skills, how would I make this uh, action? Right. So you are going to what's your intellect normally? It's normally four. Okay. Uh, so pretty boy's intellect is uh, even worse. Uh, but we're essentially going to treat you as skilled in this. So I'm going to I'm going to lower the difficulty. Uh, and Storm's icy uh, cataclysm is also lowering the difficulty. So uh, helping keep you cool. That's yes. right. Cool under pressure. Yeah. You are still going to attempt an intellect check. Okay, so that's 4 plus this blue 8 I have here which brings me up to 12 and brings out another card, which is a whopping 1. Oh, Banshee's a 1? Oh, that's just sad. <laughs> okay, so but uh, it makes sense that's, to be honest. Yeah, well, fair enough. That is 13. Okay. Uh fortunately, uh with the combination of your absorbed skills and Storm's assistance, that's enough to resequence her genetic code and disrupt the genetic encoding of the techno-organic virus. One step down. Hey, turns out genetics are really easy, y'all. <laughs> We've got to isolate the infection next. Uh, so, every single person that went to college for seven years is like hating you right now for saying that. <laughs> well, they should have absorbed Pretty Boy. I'm just saying. Uh, so is the, he a parakeet? <laughs> uh, yes, he's a, he's a cyborg parakeet. An unconscious cyborg. I like the idea that, that he's like a really mutated parakeet who's just 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 he looks human with but cybernetic he's parts. A, yeah, he's. Well, that's that's how they give him, you know, human uh, arms oh, okay. and things. I mean, I'm not he's racist. Just a parakeet but inside the head. I, I would hate and fear a uh, a mutated parakeet. Oh my god, a seven foot tall parakeet would be terrifying. <laughs> Have you seen their faces? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They that's that's the stuff of nightmares right there. Uh, on the Forget upside, the fly. Uh, that character would fit right in with um with with a villain from uh from the first X Men story where Thunderbird died. Or maybe it's Beak's arch nemesis. It's possible, yeah. yeah. His equal opposite. Mm. Uh, a- a- anyway, right. Uh, so Lady Deathstrike, uh, all the cybernetic parts kind of start writhing like tiny little snakes and insects and stuff and kind of uh, look like they're kind of being forced out and then reasserting themselves and Lady Deathstrike screams in pain as this is happening and uh, starts kind of thrashing around even more. Okay. I'm going to continue the ice up. You know, I'm going to keep doing that. So more ice! 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 (laughs) (laughs) Baby! As, as your cybernetic enhancements start to come up, can I use my claws to slice them out without causing bloodshed and thus... Uh, uh, next round, you can network? attempt to do that, yeah. Okay. As, as part of isolating the infection, you can try to cut some of it loose. But so, uh, Okay, Storm, so you're kind of continuing to assist with... Uh, mm-hmm. C- trying to, to cool it and s- s- isolate... Sure. I'm th- isolate? Yeah! Yeah! You're trying to strain the techno-organic side so it kind yeah. of falls loose and some parts and, are kind of and can't continue to grow and, and yeah i'm okay. trying to trying to keep it in control yeah. all right cyclops i am going to plan for failure is there <laughs> <laughs> that, as, a, as cyclops that's a good strategy what a bummer <laughs> i plan for failure is no, a minor I, action uh, yeah no there's there's nothing i can do that's super useful in this fight but i also recognize that we are you know what, what we're going for is a hell of a long shot and um, no, I, he, he was only in a couple episodes. Yeah, he wasn't a reoccurring God character. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, um, so I am going to look for basically a way that we can, if, if it comes down to it, if it looks like she's she's about to explode, that we can take her down in container. Okay. 
Um, I am going to look for structural weaknesses in the room. I am going to, as she is responding, look for 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 means to do that. Do you ever look for the bright side? <laughs> you can't see it, it's red. <laughs> Jeez, Scott. Yeah, have, you, have you met wow. Cyclops? Yeah, yeah, no. I was going to say. You're the optimistic one, Storm. I know. Mm-hmm. All right, so you start. You're the social leader. I'm the task leader. I know. I know. I'm the I'm the team counselor. You're the the whipcracker of of getting everybody in order. Yeah. Okay. So so Cyclops, you know that um, as part of this plan, you're going to need to kind of weaken some supports now so that you can be prepared in case you have to uh, pull out all the stops later and and desperately try to bury and contain Lady Deathstrike. So would you like to optic blast some I supports? would. I would like to optic blast some supports, but I'd, I'd like to do it. I'd like to do it carefully so that if um, I'm still hoping we're going to succeed, I just, yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to have you do a very series of very precise optic blasts. Okay. Um, I will, I will start with, let's see, uh, 14 plus five. So 19. 19. All right. So that is enough to take out a couple of support beams uh, and the, the ceiling kind of starts to gently cave. Mm-hmm. It hasn't completely fallen down. Um, you think you might have overdid it a little bit, but uh, if you had your druthers, you would make it so that you would have to blast it to bring the yeah. ceiling falling in. And you know that now it's going to cave in on its own, but it's going to take a while. Okay. So it's not going to randomly fall in on you, and you can bring down the ceiling if you need to, but there's no way this base is staying intact for more than 10 minutes or so. All right. This television station's vast basement full of technology and genetic cloning material. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Sinister. We're, point, on a t- point. we're on a tight timeline, Wolverine. I believe in you, but you've got to work fast. Wait, so if Mr. Sinister runs a television station, like what kind of shows would he have? It's like some kind of UHF station with just like, you know, getting whoever he can in there to fill time. Wheel just, of fish. He just clones <laughs> Marauder after Marauder, Marauder. And he's like, all right, you know, just just everyone's got a hidden talent. It's, it's just actually go. where Pretty Boy learned how to operate all this machinery and learned about genetic encoding was from watching Mr. Sinister's public access station. Because it's mostly like, about genetics. I right. feel like this just sort of dovetails really beautifully with Death to Smoochie. Like, it would just be that. I don't know. I picture more like Mr. Sinister doing like a Bob Ross genetic show. So let's... Uh, it's just all paintings of Summers Brothers. Happy little jeans. Happy little jeans. <laughs> I'm picturing like a political call-in show for Mr. Sinister. <laughs> all right. Let me tell you what you think. Hey, those mutants, they're a menace. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, caller. <laughs> no, no. See, I, I think I think creepy children toast Sinister. Oh, really? like, With yeah. the hand puppets that yeah, are actually yeah. alive. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> or they're just Summer's family. They're, they are hand puppets, but oh, they're yeah. just like Summer's family ones. <laughs> right. Oh, man. The, oh. the audience is just full of tiny. With special uh, guest Adam X. <laughs> Apocalypse it's, is fairly regularly a guest, and it's really obvious that, no, that, that Sinister just doesn't want him there, but is contractually required. Yeah. Right. He's doing like hand puppets of Scott and, uh, and Alex, and he's like, Alex, when you shot me, your cosmic blasts did not damage me. Why, that's interesting, Alex. Let me explain why, children. Well, you see, when you... (laughs) I want Apocalypse to be doing the cooking segment. (laughs) (laughs) The nasty boys are there. It's like, oh, man. These guys. What you cooked. With, with Dazzler being the musical guest. <laughs> I feel like this entire episode has been worth it just for this tangent. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is going good places. Like, maybe listeners won't have gotten this far, but the ones who did will be rewarded. <laughs> can, can we get cosplayers to reenact those TV shows as well? Yeah. All right. Homework oh part two. Do it. Won't there be a YouTube channel that's just the Sinister channel? <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's Mr. Sinister, so nobody can figure out the programming schedule when it's on or any of the shows. <laughs> you don't find the show. The show finds you. Right. <laughs> so anyway... 
All right, so the uh, the ceiling is beginning to, to buckle a little bit, and Rogue, uh, we haven't heard from you yet. All right, All right so I seem to have successfully uh, disrupted the genetic something-something, correct? Yes. We, we were past that stage. It, right. It's down, as, as Cyclops said, is down to the isolate the infection stage of the process. And then purge the invader. All right, so I'm going to continue uh, using my newfound technological skills <laughs> uh, to attempt to get a, uh, a biological map of Yuriko's body to determine not just where the machinery is but specifically where the techno organic virus is within that machinery all right because now i know to think about things this way because pretty boy okay so that's similarly going to be another intellect check so uh i will use my intellect of four and i guess i'm gonna throw in this five with it so that's only nine that's that's what i can do right now all right so you try to to bring up a diagram of lady deathstrike and of course like a fully clothed diagram pops up you know Mm -hmm. uh and you're trying to isolate everything but everything's moving too quickly there's too much rapid cellular uh, alteration so it's it's just too difficult ah never was much good with computers <laughs> all right uh, and i believe wolverine you already went i was uh, we didn't to. We, we didn't do the mechanics for it so i'm going to try to use my claws to slice off any bits oh, of cybernetics right. yes. that escape her skin and uh Isolate the virus. Okay, so precision claw attack. So that's going to be agility to uh, to be precise and careful with this. All right, so I have agility 10. I also have skill marksmanship, and I put down a 9, so that's 19. Okay, uh, and hand me that, that magneto card. So, speaking of the magneto card, I'm adding a doom card to this uh, ah. because uh, with her great anger and her flailing about, Lady Deathstrike foils your attempts to uh, slice off those cybernetic pieces of her. Yes, and uh, she kind of slams you down and knocks you back as you try to to use your claws on her cybernetic elements. And then Lady Deathstrike, you know, still kind of tussling with you, uh, tries to free herself by attempting to fling you uh, across the laboratory. So this is going to be, you're going to have to use strength to try to resist her, her hurling you. All right, uh, my strength is eight. Put down the four, so it's twelve. So she grabs you and flings you uh, across the room, and she has an eighteen. So what is your strength? Eight. Eight. So you take ten damage. So you're going to have to discard ten power worth of cards. And remember, you don't get to draw those back. All right, Wolverine's hurting. All right. It's getting hairy here. So you you go sailing across the room and you get smashed into like a, a pile of canisters that begin hissing and spewing out smoke and, and steam and, and various chemicals. Uh, and you kind of fall, not, not quite unconscious, but you're you're struggling and you're kind of down on the ground and just kind of going, ah, ah, trying to escape. Covered in canisters. <laughs> <laughs> My adamantium claws are no match for these hissing canisters. Uh, and also, Rogue, as you're typing at the computer, we, we see a shot of your face and Pretty Boy coming up behind you and trying to grab you. Oh, no. You're caught unaware, so this is going to be difficult. Do you want to try to avoid Pretty Boy? Uh, yes, I'm going to try to dodge out of the way so he uh, smacks into, or better yet, I'm going to try to grab him and use his momentum to smash him uh, really hard into the machines, okay. which I am now frustrated with. All right. Uh, okay, so uh, that's going to be my uh, my 16 strength. I guess since I was unaware, it's going to be hard, so I'm going to go ahead and burn this this green five which lets me draw more cards. So I'm at uh, 21 right now. 
Uh, 28. That's another green, so I draw another card. Uh, 33 is my total. All right. So, uh, Pretty Boy is coming up behind you, tries to grab you. You flip him. Uh, since he's heavy because he has so many, so many cybernetic parts, he just kind of caves in the entire computer that you are working on and, uh, you know, pieces of it and weird bits of machinery that don't really belong in computers just kind of go flying off into all corners of the room. And there's kind of like a boiling sound effect and crash. He crashes down and he goes, uh, and then falls unconscious. <clears throat> hey, pretty boy. I think your computer crashed. Oh, ouch. Rogue, this is no laughing matter. That computer might have been our only chance to save Yuriko. Oh, it weren't good for nothing. We have another chance. I could purge the virus from Yuriko using lightning. Cool. This what? is true. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, Aurora, while there's still time. Unfortunately, Wolverine has been uh, thrown free, mm-hmm. so Yuriko is all alone if you want to try to zap her with a lightning bolt. Lightning! I summon you! Save Yuriko! By striking her with lightning. <laughs> Thanks, lightning. You're a real like, pal. I feel like the show teaches some unfortunate lessons to children. <laughs> if your kids, uh, kids, if your friend is infected by a techno-organic virus, just try lightning. Um, I need to do one thing before yeah. you uh, actually do your action because it's a new round. So anybody who's down cards can draw one back up. And the opposition number is five now. So hopefully uh, the the idea that I have is that I've slowed her down from two turns of being cold that hopefully give me a bonus to hit her uh, with with my lightning in this enclosed area. All right. Do you know what happens when you? Well, I was going to totally say, do you know what happens when you (laughs) attack a cybernetic human with lightning? (laughs) You isolate the virus. That's better That's answer right. than what Joss Whedon wrote. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, that line actually. If, can with can I defend del- that line? With, yeah, I was going to say with different delivery. If she if she hadn't done it dramatically, if she'd been like just the same things that same things anything else. I mean, if you imagine, yeah, it, it wasn't delivered fun. like a Whedon line. If you line imagine Sarah Michelle Gellar saying that line, you can see how it could have worked on Buffy. Yeah, yeah. totally. Or if you imagine. Allison Any other actor in that movie delivering the line. <laughs> also, apparently, it was supposed to be a running joke throughout the movie. Oh, oh really? The mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Well, I, the highest card that I have in my hand right now is a six. So thir- 13 plus six. And hopefully any of those bonuses that I mentioned uh, will take me to a 19. All right. A 19 is almost enough. <laughs> However, mm. you zap her with a lightning bolt and you see like pieces of the techno organic virus uh, fly all over and she looks normal for a second. She kind of falls down on her knees and kind of looks human again. Uh, well, cybernetically enhanced human kind of sure, like she sure. was before, but not so techno organic. And she sits there for a second and she looks up and she looks Wolverine dead in the eyes and says, Wolverine, I, I, must destroy you and her eyes turn red and she starts to hulk out again okay so i i say x-men hold her in place i need another chance you got it stormy can i use um the presser beam effect to basically just hold her back against a wall without damaging her yes i'm going to do that all right um so i will if that is uh rather than holding her can i use a free social action at this point uh, let's do Cyclops first, and then we'll we'll get to that. All right. Um, I that is also going to be nineteen. 
All right. So you begin buffeting her with your optic blast, kind of doing a, 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 a slow pulse. Um, and she's kind of held back against the wall and you're kind of, uh, you know, splitting her beam wide so that her, her arms are kind of held back. Storm now. And uh, are you guys going to do anything else? Yeah, let's see. Uh, Your brain has yeah, yeah, some, yeah. some emotions. So I have, I a, to do, yeah, I have Japanese lore. Can okay. I tell her a fairy tale from her childhood that will impart upon her you the importance of this point. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And yeah, I, I figure you, you normally wouldn't have time for this, but the animated series was at least based on Chris Claremont comics where you could seriously get out like a Metal Gear solid length <laughs> yeah. series of paragraphs. Like a 90 minute cutscene. <laughs> yeah. Like while someone's being zapped. In a 22 minute episode, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, narrative TARDIS. Give us, uh, you don't necessarily have to recite the whole thing, but at least give us the broad strokes of this fairy tale that the writers probably just made up entirely. <laughs> um, the tale of the samurai and the narwhal. I know, I'm really worried about like. <laughs> Someone's gonna be like, "That's an actual or, Japanese folktale," yeah. or, or just tell us what the moral of the what is the moral of the folktale? Okay, tale? so I'll, I will tell her a Japanese folktale. The moral of which is um, the importance of being yourself. Okay, uh, all right. Give us a roll with your Japanese folklore. <laughs> okay. So it's intellect. I've got a three and a six. So that's going to be 15. So you, you see, uh, as you look into her eyes, she's listening to this, this folktale, and it's, it's touching her heart. But the techno-organic virus is so sinister and so powerful um, that it is pushing even the power of Japanese folklore out of her <laughs> mind uh, and filling it with rage and a, a need for revenge. Okay, so as that's going on, uh, I will uh, grab some more generic, like some girders or something, like some, a big metal thing. Okay. Uh, well, if you're telling her a bedtime story, I might as well tuck her in. <laughs> oh, wow. oh my god! And I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this metal stuff around her to hold her against the wall. Who unless I are you? I am Anna Marie Raven, but you don't know that because it's the cartoon. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, so okay, that would be strength. Uh, so 16, and we'll throw in uh, this four here for 20. Okay, uh, so she struggles valiantly against the beams, but with Cyclops pushing her back, you manage to wrap her up and, uh, and pin her to the wall. All right, and uh, she's trying to push loose, so she, she kind of works against it, but it can't quite free herself. And Storm, now is your window to zap her with another electric bolt uh, when she's in this metal cage that should even accentuate the effect. Elements, guide my hands, strike down this virus with all your fury. And then I have an eight. <laughs> so, so, uh, total being 21. Okay. Uh, so with her in such dire straits, the last remnants of this techno organic virus, uh, gets zapped out of her body, uh, and it kind of turns into like a little scorpion looking creature that kind of runs along the ground, uh, and then Wolverine just stomps on it. <laughs> does, that, does that count as the, is that both of the last steps or is that just that, that is the last step all right yeah. so that is purge the, invader. the, the right. invader has been purged and squished uh because it had it grown so small in power with your previous electric strike um however rogue didn't really coordinate with cyclops on the whole structural integrity thing when you were <laughs> snagging these girders oh, no. so load bearing the, boss the, the building begins kind of uh, shaking and uh, giant chunks of the ceiling start falling. These huge blocks of uh, of rock and, and uh, panels of metal start smashing against the floor. Uh, the whole place is kind of shaking under your feet. Do I have any, any recall of the structure of the building and what is above us? Um, it's pretty much just straight underground. 
like you've you've gone a ways away from where you were under the uh, the television station. So this is just kind of somewhere out in the middle of the outback. How much does cartoon logic apply? Um, I would say eighty percent. All right. Um, <laughs> storm rogue i'm gonna blast us an escape route get us out of here i'm going to blast straight through the ceiling i'm going to control right. the winds to try to make sure the debris falls to the side you don't have to worry about that there's <laughs> enough cartoon that's why logic i asked about that. cartoon logic so, because, yeah, yeah. yeah so give us an optic blast all right um it's going to be it's, it's important so I'm, I'm gonna go go with the hail mary pass and use a high 10 doom card oh oh yeah. man with Dr. Doom himself on it. The card is Blind Obedience, subtitle World Domination. That is well, so BDSM. All right, all right. In that case, okay, if, if I'm using all of this, what? I am in fact going to, to do this. I am actually going to just pull off my visor. Oh, oh. yeah. And do the yeah. full on yeah, mouth that's rage. Right. Ah! Uh, yeah. So what was what was your total? Uh twenty-four. You needed exactly a twenty-four to accomplish Ooh, yes. that. So you punched this hole through the ceiling and the the sunlight streams down from the noonday outback oh, hey, sun. So, uh, so it floods the entire chamber with light as Storm and Rogue are able to grab everybody and whisk them all up. I was going to use the, the winds exit. of a hurricane to to uh, safely lift us all up, okay. cartoon logic style. All right, excellent. I like that you uh, used winds of a hurricane in the same sentence as safely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so what happens with Pretty Boy and Lady Deathstrike? Oh, well, we saved them because we're heroes. Yeah. Right. But who saves who? Uh, okay, so uh, Rogue is super strong, so I'd imagine the heaviest people would probably be Deathstrike and Wolverine, so I will carry yeah. one of them in each hand. Okay, all right, so you're kind of carrying them behind you. Actually, and kind of if, if I could be carrying Deathstrike bodyguard style and then you carry me, okay. that would be really great. Okay. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. We're a stack of escapees. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Uh, and you're carrying Cyclops and Pretty Boy? Is that uh, with With the winds. With yes. the winds. All right. Hurricane, uh, lift us to safety. <laughs> all right. So the hurricane lifts you to safety and you emerge up above uh, and fly up into the sky above the outback as the ground below you kind of impacts and falls inward and kind of leaves a, a big crater underneath you and you land safely. <sighs> Happy Australia Day. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it looks like that show's been canceled. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, so oh, listeners, TV station. Yeah. choose your own one-liner. You, you can pick. <laughs> the, the best one wins. <laughs> okay, so we cut to a commercial break. Uh, and we come back for the epilogue to your adventure in the Outback. Uh, as you are repairing the Blackbird and uh, using some of the parts that you found in the TV station, some of the ones you scavenged from the town. Uh, and you're, you're putting that back together. And Lady Deathstrike is there talking to Wolverine. And she says, For now, we will part. But I will still return to get my revenge upon you at another time. This is not over. I wouldn't want it to be. I'll be here waiting. Well, not here. In New York. Where we live. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes he goes to Canada, too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so she kind of walks off into the sunset, walking away, and, you know, sad, fake, sad walking away music is playing as the sun sets uh, with her silhouetted in front of it. I extend my claws in sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you yell no at the sky? No, no, that would be ridiculous. 
<laughs> as Wolverine yelled no to the sky like 19 times in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Look, he did a lot of things in that movie, man. <laughs> a lot, a lot of, th- I, I, my, my feelings about that movie are roughly the equivalent of, of the Wayne's World and, you know, a lot of people's girlfriends are there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, a lot, a lot of things happen in that film. Uh, and so after she leaves, she had been having a conversation with you, Wolverine, and you can impart this following information that she told you about how she ended up here. So Mr. Sinister had her attacked uh, by this creature who was kind of bulky and purple. And this this kind of strange fiendish being had captured her and attacked her. And he had a cigar or at least a, a cylindrical object that was in his mouth. And it's so vivid that you see it, you know, in your mind's eyes, you're describing it. We see the the purple creature uh, in sh- kind of in shadow. And uh, he had told the Reavers that they could destroy the other X-Men as long as they left Cyclops and Jean Grey to him. Oh. Ho, ho. Uh, the last thing that she imparted to you was that he told her that the world would burn and be reborn through a great inferno. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Is this Sim? Yeah. Now the, yeah. Clo- Sim. now the closing music. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Okay, so I feel like any successful X-Men project should totally tease a giant crossover. Mm. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Wolverine and the X-Men did it with Age of Apocalypse, and now freaking Inferno. Logan, what I want to know is how you are going to do BSNP friendly Inferno. Uh, so all the demons are called fiends. <laughs> um, okay. you, you kind of have to say limbo is fine. Because you don't have to say, you can't say hell. H-E double yeah. hockey sticks. Yeah. You know? So limbo is kind of the hard part is just remembering it on the fly to keep changing it uh, mm-hmm. mentally. I also uh, kind of altered some art of the Goblin Queen. So mm-hmm. she's wearing like a vest with pouches on top of her. <laughs> I, the, her new, comic the, the Inferno writing. series right now with uh, Dennis Hopeless. Yeah, writing, they just filled it in. They got rid yeah. of the underboob. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I again, it's, it's yeah. because when you've when you've taken over New York and turned it into a hell dimension and achieved that kind of corporate success, you can start dressing for comfort. Yeah. And per- just being professional. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I mean, yeah. Havoc, Havoc grew an apathy beard. So. And, <laughs> and elf ears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The main ad- adaptation um, when I was doing it was mostly like the characters who don't really appear in the animated series much, like Havoc. Like you kind Well, it's a very Colossus Ileana heavy story, too. Yeah. When so you get the so they appear. Yeah. Colossus is a really fun voice to do because mm. he was guest starring a lot. So it was a lot of Ileana, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we must save my sister. <laughs> you have to do the arms when you yeah. do Colossus. To yeah, listeners, you, you can't really you can't see, but Logan's arms are going everywhere as he talks. You have to like do some Popeye motions. <laughs> yeah, man. Next time we do this, I we we talked about live streaming this, and and it just there wasn't time to set it up. But next time, I feel like we should really do this because the, the number of like gestures and faces that have, that that will get lost in, <laughs> uh-huh, in the yeah. audio is is a shame. Oh, and the fact that I take like. A a foot and a half back step whenever yeah. I do uh, storms because she has two modes ultra nurturing or ultra like weather rage <laughs> and, and neither of them is an inside voice yeah <laughs> I, I feel like if you're doing Cyclops you also kind of have to have a, a rig where you're standing up and like your underwear are on way too tight <laughs> so you're like Ugh. <laughs> no I mean I, I wore you know red sunglasses for part of this until I started getting a splitting headache so that, oh. is, that is that is my, my bow to continuity oh man but anyway yeah Logan uh, thank you so much for putting all this together sure. and, and coming to Portland to run it this has been a whole lot of fun yeah and thank you thank you so much Tina and Mikey so all of you guys where can listeners find you online uh, so I'm mostly just on Twitter at at Logan Bonner uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, at Chronicles of the also on Chronicles of the where we do uh, our weekly show updating every Saturday uh, you can read my She-Hulk blog on Tumblr at Jennifer Walters ESQ 
this is an atypical episode, so we're going we're to head out pretty shortly. But we do have one listener question that was was kind of apropos of this because this this we're recording this. It's going to go up eight days later, but we're recording this the week that the the issue of X Men ninety two that, that we showed up in came out. Right. So Halcyon uh, Glaze uh, asked us on Tumblr, since you two are now reformed evil mutants in the X Men ninety two universe, what were your powers and motivations, and what causes you to want to reform? <laughs> so I ran this by by Chris Sims, who's one of the one of the writers on the series, and he clarifies that we are not, in fact, mutants. Cassandra Nova would not have hired us for that job if we were. Right, and I believe we are officially. Uh, well, we, officially, in it's not in the comic, but but we are we are we are her research department. Yes, yes, so we're her archivists that know everything about you know the various characters in uh, in the Westchester part of Battleworld, which I feel great about. <laughs> it is well suited to our skill set. Um, and if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, um, in X Men ninety two Infinite Comic number two, Rachel and I are actually characters. We're henchmen of the uh, of the villain Cassandra Nova. Yeah, we're basically Harvey and Janet ninety two. Yeah, and that's going to appear in print. Uh, a couple weeks after that and that'll collect the first two digital issues so if you want to see us like actually in a comic um you you can which is awesome or you could watch the video review of that episode where we those panels are on screen (laughs) yes but you should actually read it because it's a really fun book anyway yes so once again thank you to all of our guests logan mikey and tina it's been a pleasure having you all on thank you so much um and uh i guess we are out of time so let's uh let's take it out rachel rachel and miles explain the x-men is recorded in portland oregon and produced by kyle yount host of the godzilla podcast kaiju cast new episodes come out every sunday on itunes stitcher and at rachelandmiles.com check out rachelandmiles.com for all kinds of extra content episode companion posts essays fan art x-men evolution recaps and lots of other stuff including this week a copy of the module and character sheets that we just played this podcast is totally listener supported and ad free and it's made possible by our awesome generous patreon supporters and those guys are also responsible for the existence of this episode by the way the the big huge semi-annual specials were a milestone goal that you brought us to thank you so much for giving us an excuse to play this because it was really fun yes indeed and if you're not a supporter and you'd like to become one and help us unlock lots of other cool stuff check out the link at the top of our website next week we'll be diving back into the comics with two 80s annuals getting lost in the wild ways and introducing the x babies (laughs) 